Hey, hey, what's up? It's Azizu back again, E-Society Podcast. We talk TV, movies, comics, collecting sports, and everything entertainment. And this is the last end of year pod. But before I go any further, it's the Nez. Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? I still got that cough. Sorry about all the coughs on the last couple episodes. I just don't know why it won't go away, but... um. Yeah, it was a it was a good year. We we cranked out a lot, um, but a lot happened throughout the year for us to take long winded breaks and everything. But it's all right, man. We we kept it going, especially the last two months or October and December. Uh, sorry, I didn't finish the uh, twelve days of Christmas one. I got a couple more. I just need to put them together and put it out. Yeah. So. You'll get some bonus ones, <laughs> but uh, we still have a lot. Uh, we did want to do up to the challenge, but we never got around to it. Just everything gets in the way. <laughs> so, but I think we both watched the movies. If we could remember what they are, we just need to record it. I think Lincoln Lawyer was the one I was supposed to watch. Wasn't I'm pretty it? sure. And I'm pretty sure I watched whatever you recommended for me. I don't remember what that was. I'm going to have to rewatch Lincoln Lawyer. I mean, it was... Yeah. Yeah, but I, yeah, I don't remember it. I remember loving it, but I need to watch it again so we can do it. Right. So cross right. your fingers, everyone. But you did get some big guys uh, at the end of the year. Jesse and I, right. we, came, we came out of retirement uh, twice last year. So hopefully we're going to shoot sure. for, a, we'll beat our record and go for three this year. But yeah, top 10 movies of 2022, there was so much, uh, the movie that's the first movie that that was on my list for got booted because <laughs> right. uh, it was like early in the year. I know there's a new movie that just came out that everyone's talking about. Uh, that new movie Megan with that uh, IA doll. It looks creepy, um, and I'm hearing good things about it. So probably you still there? Yep. Oh, okay, I heard something, but <clears throat> excuse me. I'm going to go see that hopefully uh, next weekend and let you guys know all about it. But with that, um, top 10 movies. Let me, do I have my list in front of me or is this a different one? It is. So, all right. Um, yeah, again, there was a ton of, ton of, ton of movies. So um, you want to kick us off with your number 10? Sure. Um Going back to uh, October with this one, I talked about it on the regular show. This was uh, a Netflix film that dropped, and this was Wendell and Wild. Two scheming demon brothers, Wendell and Wild, enlist the aid of 13-year-old Cat Elliot to summon them to the land of the living. This was from Henry Selick, who also did uh, Coraline and The Nightmare Before Christmas. So it's kind of got that vibe and style to it, which I really liked. I usually like to put uh, at least one kind of animated kind of film on my list and i just loved the style of this um it just looked so cool it was perfect for october um if you're familiar with like Coraline and even nightmare before christmas for that matter you're you know this guy is actually not afraid to do uh kind of 
it's it's still kid friendly, but he really kind of pushes the envelope sometimes with the uh, gross outs and stuff like that. He's not afraid to uh, to work with like you know the dead and and whatnot. Uh, so uh, it's pretty interesting. Uh, Keegan Michael Key and uh, Jordan Peele, they're Wendell and Wild. Uh, Angela Bassett's a voice in it. Lyric Ross uh, loved to hear uh, James Hong, who people know from a million things, but uh, Lo Pan in Big Trouble Little China. It was great to hear him. So, But yeah, I really love this film. And like I said, I definitely wanted to make sure I had something animated on the list. I have something kind of on the animated side later, but it's it's it walks the line so uh, this fits more for sure in that category and uh, this will be definitely something i'll revisit especially in uh, halloween like i put this in the same categories like uh, paranorman and stuff like that like it reminds me of that Leica style animation the stop motion animation which i love so uh, that's what made this one such a favor for me and it'll definitely be something i Revisit in the years to come. And yeah, that's uh, kicking off for me, the number 10 spot, Wendell and Wild. I think I watched some of it. I didn't watch um, all of it. I think after you talked about it that first time, right? when I went and. Yeah, uh, love the style. Checked it out. Love the style. Uh, all right, hold on. Son started to text me for some reason. Um, but. All right, I am coming at you with something new to hit the theaters. And this is a film that like just recently came out. It came out. Where is it? I guess I should have had all this pulled up. Um, it was pretty long. It was two hours and 24 minutes. And it came out December 23rd of last month. And this is PG-13. Whitney Houston, I Want to Dance with Somebody. Wow. A joyous, emotional, heartbreaking celebration of the life and music of Whitney Houston, one of the greatest female R&B pop vocalists of all time, tackling her journey from obscurity to musical superstardom. This was directed by Kasasi Lemons, uh, and it stars... Uh, Naomi Aki, I think that's her name, as Whitney Houston, Stanley Tucci, uh, Ashton Sanders, Tamara Tooney, Clark Peters, Daryl Washington, uh, Bailey Lopes, she played uh, little uh, Bobby, uh, Christina, um, Bobby Brown, Whitney Houston's daughter, and who played... Young Britney or Britney, young Whitney. Uh, I'm sure Whitney will get a movie or Britney will get a movie at some point because she, ooh, that's, if you follow her Instagram, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, to each his own, but I don't know what's going on there, uh, boys and girls, but Whitney Houston, this movie, I, I had to see it before um, the year was, was up. I didn't want to see it like this year and then go, oh man, I should have watched it. This just crept in at the bottom. I went and seen it. Um, I'm a Whitney Houston fan. I'm not. I'm not a super fan. I know like all her hits, 
and a little bit of the story all the craziness that was going on in her life and uh, Mary and Bobby Brown and all that um, they just touched on some of it they didn't really dive into the whole uh, story of her basically all the the big highlights of her career and when the the drugs and all that started and it, it did lead up to um when she had uh, passed away uh, no i don't think they showed that i think it was just at the end said that she had passed away from uh like falling asleep or it was basically drugs got drugged up and just kind of passed out and drowned in the in the bathtub uh it was sad there were some other sad parts of this film but it was really really good um again i knew all of her hits but I hadn't he- heard him for a while. And the other thing, the one, the thing that got me, that made me go, "All right, this is in my top 10. That um, the song, the remake, the Dolly Parton song that she did for the Bodyguard. Um, what is it? I always love you, or whatever that song is. You guys know what I'm talking it about. Is. Yeah, yep. She uh, did that song. I I love Dolly Parton, one of my all-time favorite artists, country artists, female singers, and I loved her version from. Uh, the soundtrack, uh, Best Little Horror House in Texas. I believe we won an Academy Award for it, I think. Don't don't quote me. And I was never really that big of a fan. I, I, I liked The Bodyguard. I hadn't seen it in a long time. I, I want to rewatch it. Um, but when she was recording that song, I was sitting there in... Well, I don't know when they, when they were uh, filming the video for it in the movie. And she started singing the first verse. I don't know what it was. It like just hit me. And... Tears started coming out of my eyes. I was like, God damn, this is in my top 10 <laughs> just because of this one scene. <laughs> right. But right. It, I did listen to that song after when I left the theater on my on my drive home. I listened to a, uh, a lot of uh, her music. I, mean, I want to dance with somebody. That's my favorite Whitney Houston song. I hated it when I first heard it because I was going to summer school and our class was right. I think I told you this on the show before. Our class was right next to the dance uh, class and they played that song over and over and over again to get whatever routine routine down and i was like damn i heard this song like a hundred times all summer the whole summer school but by the end of the summer school i was sitting there doing my work singing along to it and i i just love that song but the movie was really good again it only it hits her highlights but you you only got so much time i didn't realize it was this long almost two and a half hours (laughs) Um, I didn't I didn't realize that, but it, it was a really good story. And um, it took me a minute to uh, Naomi Aki, I think I say her name to like, all right, she's playing Whitney, because in my opinion, she did not look like Whitney Houston. So I was kind of like, oh, OK, whatever. Let me let me get over that. So after maybe the first 45 minutes, I did get over it. But when I got into it and the guy that played Ashton Sanders, the guy that played Bobby Brown, he didn't look nothing like Bobby Brown. Stanley Tucci looked like Clive Davis. Um, and I didn't know. I didn't see some of the stuff I didn't know. I didn't know her dad, John Houston, played by Clark Peters, was basically a crook. I didn't know that he was like just stealing her money and, and everything because it was. Yeah, it it was it was a all the the backstory stuff I didn't know, so that's why I was like, all right, I really enjoy this film. But overall, will it get Academy Awards? I don't know. If anything, Stanley Tucci should get something. But um, but yeah, this movie just crept in 
and boot. I couldn't tell you what it booted out because so many things were getting booted out of the movies were coming out. But this movie was awesome. I really love it. If you know who Whitney Houston is, you haven't seen it yet, or if you just like these biopics, this is one to see. And, and I'm glad I did see it before the year was up. And this crept in at my number ten. Whitney Houston, I want to dance with somebody. Awesome. Yeah, haven't seen it yet. Uh, probably will. Jade just kind of mouthed uh, that she really wanted to see it. <laughs> It's worth seeing. Yeah, you guys should go see it on the big screen if you can. Right. All right. Uh, coming in at number nine for me. Kind of a surprise entry. I talked about this one on the show when it came out. Uh, didn't know what to expect from this one. And uh, I was um, pleasantly surprised. I really enjoyed how kind of heartwarming it was and i just felt it felt like a throwback to me it feels like 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 they kind of just don't make movies like this uh now and this was uh, uh, a paramount plus movie and it was the brian cranston and annette benning movie jerry and marge go large based on the true story about a long married couple Jerry and Marge Selby, who win the lottery and use the money to revive their small town. There's something about it that it's maybe a little too over-the-top sweet and stuff like that, but, I mean, it is based on a real story. Besides uh, Brian Cranston and Annette Benning, it also stars Rain Wilson and Larry Wilmore. Uh, Michael McKean uh, is also in it. And... Um, yeah, this one just surprised me. I had no idea what to expect watching it, but it did feel throwback to me, kind of uh, like early 90s kind of vibe almost to it. Just a real feel-good type movie, uh, feel-good performances from Brian Cranston and Annette Bening. Um, it just surprised me, and if you listen to our last pod, the TV one, you know how much I love it when uh, – Something surprises me in entertainment. This one came out of nowhere. I had no idea about it. And um, yeah, it was cool. And actually, it's pretty cool. That it was based on a true story, too. So yeah, um, pretty much since it came out, uh, it had a spot on my countdown and it was it to lose. But it, it, it hung around and uh, took the number nine spot. And that's uh, the Paramount Plus movie, Jerry and Marge Go Large. I love both of them. I want to see it in your initial um, review. Yeah, I, yeah. I just Feel completely, good. I just completely forgot about it until you brought it up. So I'm gonna have right. to <laughs> check it out. But all right, uh, number nine for me. This was a film that came out of nowhere. Uh, I do remember that they had a, a panel for it for at uh, Comic Con, but I just didn't really pay attention to it. I did did I was I was watching Hall H stuff, but uh, I think when it got to this, I might have did something else. Uh, but this is a film that came out. Doo, 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 doo. I'm sorry, everyone. I know I should have all this shit pulled up. September 9th. Uh, so I actually saw it September 8th. I saw it the Thursday. I wanted to see it before everyone else saw it because the buzz started a little, not a lot. I saw a couple of things on Twitter like, go see this movie. Don't don't look into it. Don't watch any trailers. I remember seeing a trailer. I guess I must have not been paying attention to it. So I was kind of like, all right, whatever. It's streaming on HBO Max now. So if you guys haven't seen this, when I tell you what it is, definitely see it. Because this movie was awesome. And this is Barbarian. 
a woman uh, staying at an Airbnb discovers that the house has she has, she has rented is not what it seems. This is just IMDb. Uh, this stars Georgina Campbell, Bill Skarsgård, uh, Pennywise, uh, Justin Long, uh, Matthew Patrick Davis, Kurt Bolboller. I don't think it's his name. Uh, the awesome Richard Brake and a bunch of other people in this. All right. Oh, and uh, Kate Bodsworth, she she was in this as well. Um, I went and saw this film. When I went and seen it the Thursday night, I think there was my maybe 10 of us in there. It was like in one of the biggest theaters at uh, the Century Cinemark in Reno, the, the plum one. And I was like, okay. So I went and sat way. I love sitting way up in the back because if I need to get on my phone, whatever reason, there's no one behind me and I don't flash them with my screen. But... Uh, once this movie started, I was like, oh, okay, it's one of these things. The girl, this lady shows up at an Airbnb. It turns out it's in Detroit somewhere in one of those streets that's like abandoned, but there's one house that's all fixed up. And when she gets there, she realizes that the key isn't there. And then she finds out that there's somebody in there uh, already there, and it's Bill Skarsgård. And just because we know him, he's creepy as Pennywise, and he was creepy in that um, one show. What's the one you guys watched? Uh, you did the experiments at Comic Con. Um, it was a Stephen King one. Um, it was like the name of Castle a town. Rock. Yeah, yeah, he was in that, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he, he was creepy in that. So, right, it's kind of like you're kind of like, oh, okay, is it going to be this type of thing that he says he's he? It was double booked, and and he's he's a nice guy and everything, but you start seeing things. It was something I was like, man, we've seen this before. But then it took a left turn quick early in the film and just blew my mind. I was like, whoa, I did not see what was coming after the the initial beginning. And it just went full speed from there to the end. Uh, Some people didn't really care for the end. I mean, it wasn't the greatest ending, but I thought it was it was a good ending, a good enough ending to go. Like, yeah, I clapped when this movie was over. And I was like, damn, this is definitely on my list and nothing is going to knock it out. It'll get bumped down, which it did. But I said, it's it's not get, it's not leaving my list because this movie was awesome. I think I loved it so much is just because I didn't know anything about it. And I'm glad I saw it before it blew up. Because once that, that first weekend when everyone started to see it, everybody was talking about it. Like, you got to go see this movie and saying the exact same things I'm saying. Don't watch any trailers. Don't read into it. Just sit down and watch it. And I was like, because I told um, uh, Renee and Eric to go see it. And they go, well, what's it about? I said, I can't tell you. Just go watch it. Because they didn't know nothing about it. So I love when these type of movies kind of come out of nowhere. I, it, it was kind of publicized, but I don't think they like blew it up. But I just went and seen it. And I just thought, I was like, man, this movie was awesome. It was like horror mystery thriller. I'm okay with that. Uh, the horror aspect was there because it was really creepy. Then the mystery, and then once it got going, the thrilling, the thrill ride you took from beginning to end. It was just amazing. And the cinematography, excellent. I loved it. Uh, the sound, the, uh, the the creepy score that was in the background, a lot of a lot of quiet stuff. Sometimes it uh, in these type of films, I love it when there's no music. I mean, music is good, but when you want to kind of get your point across on what you're showing on the screen and there's nothing but dead silence in the background, I think that's more creepier. It was kind of like, um, what was that movie? Um, 
the one with the aliens and everybody was quiet. Uh, quiet Place, is that what it's called? It was like yep. that. Like mm-hmm. the first one. Remember how everybody was like dead silent in the theater? That's yep. how yep. everybody was for this. When it when you had to be quiet. So it was it was an awesome film. Again, it's streaming on HBO Max. So those of you that have that or you search for it. Um it's awesome. It's definitely worth your time. Um eventually you haven't seen this yet, have you? I haven't. All right. Well, it's going to be up to the challenge, everyone, because I'm going to make the ZC watch this. And this movie <laughs> was awesome. And this is coming in my number nine spot. And this is Barbarian. All right. Uh, moving along. My number eight spot is a film I just recently rewatched with Jade. Uh, on the shorter side, maybe one of the shorter films uh, on my list this year. This came out back in, when was that? I think it was early in the year. Yeah, March 18th. And this was a Netflix movie called Windfall, starring Jason Siegel, Lily Collins, and Jesse Plemons. A man breaks into a tech billionaire's empty vacation home. But things go sideways when the arrogant mogul and his wife arrive for a last-minute getaway. This is set, uh, it kind of has the vibe of like the uh, Napa Valley area, if you're familiar with that here in uh, California. But uh, this is really all about the performances. Jason Siegel, Lily Collins, Jesse Flemons. It also has the vibe of a throwback. This feels like a movie straight out of the 40s or the 50s, uh, even from the very beginning when it opens just on a still picture of this uh, getaway home and it just uh, slowly puts up the the names of the stars and, you know, who did the production and the director and all that. Um, and like I said, minimal cast, but uh, so it's really all about the acting. And uh, it, it, that never really drags either. Like um, there's tension there. Uh, it's described as crime drama thriller. And I would say it fits that. Uh, this also was when it first came out in March, uh, it went right on my list. I keep a running list throughout the year on my phone uh, in the notes of possible end of year films and this held on to it all year. Uh, I'd say pretty early on there in March, it was probably, um, you know, in the top three. And as the year went on, it's uh, fallen. But like I said, I just recently rewatched it with Jade. And uh, yeah, I felt like it completely uh, earned its spot in its countdown. I definitely loved watching it again. And I think this uh, is a pretty great movie. Like I said, it feels like a throwback. And that's... Uh, the Netflix movie Windfall. Yeah, I wanted to see this. I remember seeing a trailer for it, and I just totally forgot about it until just now. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah, don't and, watch a trailer. Don't watch a trailer again. <laughs> okay, I kind of remember a little of it, but I it was enough to like, I want to see this. I think I saw yeah. the trailer like in the theater. Oh, okay. I, I don't know. I'll get to it. Remind me. Um, I will. I throw will it up to the challenge. Uh, Put it down. Yeah. Up to the challenge, just, barbarian. Just yeah, that, those two. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. <clears throat> Keeping with Netflix, this is a film that came out uh, April 8th of last year. And I remember seeing the poster for it and kind of going, eh, okay, whatever. Uh, I'll check it out. And this is uh, it's rated R, and this is Metal Lords. 
two friends try to form a heavy metal band uh, with a cellist for a battle of the bands directed by Peter Saltlet. And this stars uh, Stranger Things fame. Oh, no, no, not Stranger Things. Uh, it. Uh, Jaden Martell and Adrian Greensmith, uh, Iris Hainsworth, Noah Ura, and a bunch of other people in this. Oh, and uh, Joe Manganiello. All right. This movie was awesome. I loved it. Me and Eric watched it. Uh, my son, he's like, I had a house full of musicians, and Eric's probably like the best out of all of us. We've all agreed on that. And um, I, so I like watching these type of films with him, especially this is his age, his age range. And it was just these kids, this little nerdy boy that, that played the drums, and he, he had a metal friend. Uh, with the battle vest and, and, and all that. And then they needed to, something else. So they hooked up with this one chick that played the cello and they just went from there. And this was awesome. They actually did like, it was real music in this. It wasn't like uh, just fake uh, made up music. I mean, like actual band, real bands, to the, the music that they played in the background and everything. But this was, it was like a, um, a good feel type of film of just kids wanting to be in a band and they formed it and it just rocked. It was really, really good. I only watched it once. Uh, I definitely want to watch it again. Uh, it's labeled here on IMDb as comedy music. So yeah, of course uh, the comedy was there. The drama was there and everything, but it was really, really good. I was shocked on how good it was because it, you look at the poster, it doesn't, doesn't look like anything. It just says from the producers of game of Thrones and Harold and Kumar. And it says metal up your ass metal Lords. But that was kind of a weird combination, like Game of Thrones and Harold and Kumar. Okay, but actually, I mean, it this movie was awesome. Again, I only watched it the one time, but when it was over, I was like, man, that was hella good. So I put it, wrote it down on my list. Um, I did when I did my list, I was just writing movies down, and then as I was running through it, and I was like, I really enjoyed this. It gave me a good feeling in my heart, and that's why I love this film so much. But yeah, coming in my number eight spot, that is Metal Lords, streaming on Netflix. Awesome. All right. That brings us to number seven, right? Yes. And for me, this was the final entry of the year as far as uh, the last film that I watched that uh, crept its way into the countdown. you could say it mentally had a spot on the countdown. I didn't ever like promise it a spot. That's for sure. But, uh, you know, I'm a fan of this guy. Nez, not so much for one reason. I know you don't fully hate the dude, but, uh, I didn't watch it yet. Johnson. (laughs) I I want to watch uh, knives out first again. (laughs) Okay. Yes. This is the second film in the, Benoit Blanc uh, Knives Out mystery series, even though uh, it turns out uh, Ryan Johnson actually did not want to use that Knives Out. He just wanted to call it Flat Out Glass Onion, but uh, that was a a Netflix decision. Uh, They bought the rights for these films and have already optioned a third film, so uh, we can count on that getting made here pretty soon. I, I'm guessing it won't be out this year, probably uh, 2024, I'm guessing. But uh, yeah, uh, described as 
famed Southern detective Benoit Blanc travels to Greece for his latest case. Five longtime friends are invited to the Greek island of billionaire Miles Braun. All five know Braun from way back and owe their current wealth, fame, and careers to him. The main event is a murder weekend game with Braun to be the victim. In reality, they all have reasons to kill him. Also invited is Benoit Blanc, the world's greatest detective. So, yeah, this besides Daniel Craig as Benoit Blanc, you have uh, Edward Norton, Kate Hudson, Batista, Janelle Monet, Catherine Hahn, Leslie Odom Jr., uh, Madeline Klein. And uh, it's really cool to see uh, Ryan Johnson's guy that he puts in all his films, uh, Noah Segan is also makes a little appearance in it. So it's really cool to see him. But yeah, this Last runs. Jedi? What's that? Was he in Last Jedi? He was. He was uh, a rebel. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the, the few rebels that remained uh, at the crate base. And uh, they were really down in numbers. He was in that group. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I loved the first Knives Out, and this is fun because it is an all-new case, completely unrelated to the other one, which I love that idea, and that's what it sounds like this series is going to be. Uh, it sounds like Daniel Craig really enjoys playing the character, too, so uh, cool to see that. And, uh, yeah, obviously I don't want to get too much into it and spoil it or anything, but... Uh, yeah, thinking about it, uh, yeah, like I said, I didn't promise it a spot on the list, but uh, definitely th thought it earned it. I love, uh, you know, the crime, mystery, drama, and uh, yeah, this this fit that well. It's got that uh, throwback feel also, which I love. So uh, if you haven't seen it, uh, definitely recommend checking it out. It's on Netflix. Uh, I guess it was in the theater for a little while too, but uh, nowhere around here, so. I didn't get to see it in theaters. And that's uh, Glass Onion. Well, everyone that listens to the show, like Faithfully and myself, we knew it was going to be on his list. <laughs> it's, as soon as they announced it was making, I was like, this is nothing new. But I, can't, I, I haven't seen it yet, so I, I still want to watch it. But all right, <laughs> moving on. Uh, my number seven spot. This was a film that came out. It was in a theater. It did a small little run. Uh, I wished I would have seen it. And I was going to go see it in the theater, but I just couldn't get the time. Uh, it came out. Dang, when did, oh, February 25th. So it was earlier in the year. Um, and uh, I love this band. So it was, it was a reason why I wanted to see it. And it, it sucks that, that we lost the great uh, Taylor Hawkins, the drummer, uh, a few months ago, really. And this is uh, Foo Fighters, uh, Studio 666. Legendary rock band Foo Fighters move into an Encino mansion steeped as a grisly rock and roll history to record their much-anticipated 10th album. It's directed by B.J. McDonald. And this stars Dave Grohl, Nate Mandel, Pat Schmier, Taylor Hawkins, Remy Jaffe, Chris Shellett, Jeff Garland, Whitney Cummings, Leslie Grossman, Jenna Ortega, um, Wednesday, um, Kerry King from Slayer, Will Forte, uh, the great Lionel Richie, um, John Carpenter popped up in this, which was awesome. Uh, Mick Poyle, uh, Jimmy Simpson, 
I think that's McBoyle. Uh, and a bunch of other people. All right. Um, I saw it because it was Foo Fighters. Um, there was the, there was stuff going around, if you listen to the Foo Fighters, that uh, Dave Grohl wanted to make this metal album. And I was like, all right, cool, whatever. And then this, I didn't know this was going to be a part of a movie. And this is what he made, the Studio 666. He said he made it during uh, lockdown. He was like, they wanted to do something because they couldn't go tour. They couldn't do anything. Yeah, they did the live stream stuff. And then, you know what? He sat down and they came up uh, with a story. Uh, there, there was written by Dave Grohl, Jeff Bueller, and Rebecca Hughes. They all sat down and just tried to uh, crank out uh, this story. And it was just them. They went into this mansion there was uh, it had a history of the, there were some murders there, uh, and then they went into the make their tenth album, and then it just turned into a uh, possession type of thing. Uh, Dave Grohl was getting possessed, people were getting killed in it, and the blood and gore was excellent. They didn't they did not spare any expense, man. They went for it <laughs> with the with the blood and gore. That's why I loved it so much. But it was it was a really good movie. Um, this this came out before. Uh, I think I think I saw it before. Well, whenever Taylor Hawkins had passed, I, I I can't remember. That was just a shock to me. I, I didn't. Well, you never see when it when it when it's coming, but it just um, yeah, he passed he passed in uh, March. So yeah, okay, I saw this before. Uh, I saw the movie before, but this movie was awesome, man. I really really loved it. I thought it was it was an amazing film. And for guys that that aren't actors, uh, Dave Grohl, he's acted like Saturday Night Live and and things like that, and popped up in movies. But for the other guys, the ones to me that stole this film, not because I'm a huge Taylor Hawkins fan, he was awesome. And Pat Schmier, Pat Schmier is usually like just quiet. Some of you might remember from The Germs or Nirvana. He just seems like the quiet guy, but man, he really stepped it up in this. I could see him doing uh, other roles, and if Taylor was still with us, I know he's with us here in spirit and heart, but man, they did a really good job with their acting. Dave Grohl as well, so I, I was like, man, when the movie was over, I asked my son, did you like it? He was like, yeah, he went and started listening to the soundtrack, uh, as well as I did the next day when I was driving to work, and this movie rocks. I love it. I do want to buy the soundtrack, and this is uh, Studio 666. And it's coming in at my number seven spot. Awesome. Uh, is that a future challenge also? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's streaming anywhere yet, but uh, I bought. I just bought the Blu-ray. I bought the Blu-ray. I, I, I love this movie that much. I bought it. So uh, okay. looking at my list, I think I bought everything on here except for two movies. But uh, we'll, we'll get to those when we get to them. But yeah, number seven, Studio 666. I forgot to say at the top, um, I think we're going to do a pretty good job of not overlapping. I think one will be on both of our lists for sure. It'll be interesting to see where it is on both of our lists, but uh, possibly a second, possibly possibly up to three. But uh, yeah, that brings me to number six. And uh I think this was the first movie I saw in the theater this year. And while it does lose a little bit of a point for not being exactly faithful to the game, I thought they did a pretty good job with it, really enjoyed it. And this was uh, the video game adaptation of Uncharted, starring <laughs> Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg. 
Street smart Nathan Drake is recruited by seasoned treasure hunter Victor Sully Sullivan to recover a fortune amassed by Ferdinand Magellan and lost 500 years ago by the House of Moncada. Uh, it also stars Antonio Banderas. And, uh, yeah, you can still watch this on Netflix. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure a bunch of people do. It uh, shows up there on the thing. Uh, I know a lot of people, especially if you're a huge fan of the game, like uh, me and Jade are, you might actually uh, not have enjoyed this film because it, it didn't hit on all the same story elements as the game. And a lot of people... Uh, knock it for that but uh i felt i I found it uh enjoyable enough and i always love a good action adventure and when you think about it uh there really wasn't that many this year that's one of the reasons this one uh stuck on my list and stuck so high one like i said uh huge fan of the game series and two i really didn't find too many uh big action adventure kind of big budget popcorn movies this 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 summer i mean uh, kind of got uh one coming up here that uh, we'll talk about shortly but um for the most part yeah i mean um i did enjoy it and i i do find it uh, rewatchable i think it's probably did well enough in theaters and has had a really good run on netflix that uh, i think they actually might continue this so It'll be interesting to see how they do it and how much they overlap with the game. Also, with uh, Naughty Dog's other property, The Last of Us, about to premiere on HBO soon, uh, it makes me wonder what's next for the studio. Uh, some people say a new thing. Uh, some people say because Uncharted movie, they need to revisit Uncharted. Some people say with Last of Us coming, they need to continue that story. So... I don't know. We'll see. But uh, yeah, this like I said, this one was probably the first movie I saw this year. And uh, yeah, it hung around on my list. I, I'm, it may have been the very first thing I wrote down in the year. So, yep. Uh, coming to my number six spot, it's Uncharted. All right. For those of you listeners that also listen to the other shows I'm a part of, uh, The Horror Returns. I think it was a episode or so ago. We did our like top 10, bottom 10. I didn't get to do my top 10 because I, I had to go, but I did my bottom 10 and Uncharted was on my bottom 10 because I, <laughs> I, I did not like this movie at all. For, I mean, not, not because I didn't make, I didn't play the game. I just thought it was just, I was like, what the hell's going on? I did like <laughs> the part. It was goofy and I was kind of just laughing at it, but I did like it when they were jumping on the boxes and everything when there was, everything was in the, in the sky and, Oh, that's out of the game. That's yeah. Crazy. I was kind of like, what's happening here? Man? Don't get me wrong. I love Spider-Man. And I love Marky Mark, but it just uh, it just didn't do it for me. But I mean, to each his own. Everyone, you may enjoy it and think I'm full of shit, but I I didn't I didn't care for it. But I do want to play the game at some point. But so good. All right. So good. All right. Number six on my number six spot. This is a film. Uh, Am I a huge fan? I'm not a super duper huge fan, but I I enjoy his music. I didn't really care for his movies, but I not every track. Um, I do want to make it uh, to Graceland at some point in my life, and this is uh, another biopic. 
Two hours and 39 minutes. It was PG-13. It came out... Jeez. June 24th of 2022. And this is the biopic Elvis. Uh, the life of an American music icon, Elvis Presley, from his childhood, becoming a rock and a movie star in the 1950s while maintaining a complex a complex relationship with his manager, Colonel Tom Parker. This is directed by Baz Luhrmann, and this stars uh, Academy Award winner Tom Hanks as uh, Colonel Tom Parker, uh, Austin Butler as Elvis, you might remember as in, from uh, Tex and uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, Olivia Delage, she played Priscilla Presley, Helen Thompson, Kevin Harrison Jr., he played B.B. King, um, Richard Roxenborough, uh, David Winham, uh, Cody Smith McPhee, and a bunch of other people in this film. Cody Smith okay. McPhee is a uh, nightcrawler. Yeah, him. <laughs> All right. At first, I was going to base my rating on this kid, Austin Butler, to see if he can uh, pull off uh, Elvis Presley. And he did. I thought he did an amazing job. I enjoyed it. Um, Tom Hanks, he's good in just about everything. I'm kicking myself I didn't see that movie. Uh, it's released now, but it, it came out like uh, right around Christmas time. It was one of those seed See it one weekend before it's released in January, and I can't remember the name of it. Because if I would have saw it then when I wanted to, I would've, it would have probably made this list because I do eventually want to see that film. But anyway, um, but this kid, he did a really good job as Elvis and Tom Hanks um, as, as a colonel. I didn't know a lot of the backstory on, on Elvis. Again, I'm not a super duper fan. I, I know his songs. Uh, I know the movie titles. I didn't really never sat down and watched a full Elvis movie. Um, but I didn't know he never left the country to perform. They wanted him to go to Asia and Europe and all that. And he never went anywhere. And this Colonel guy, Tom Parker, was the one that just kept him. He had this crazy contract on him and he just ran him ragged and just basically was he the reason that he died well i don't know maybe he was the reason why he kept taking all these drugs to just perform 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 um but it it was a cool story it's on it's on hbo max if you guys have that and you haven't seen it yet but i was really shocked and i was really surprised on how good this film was um i went and took my son he no he knows who elvis is but he didn't really um know much of the story so he sat down when the movie was over. I said, well, what did you think? He was like, that was pretty good. So I enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good film. And uh, I put it on my set. I'll put it on my list and we'll see if it gets knocked out. And uh, where, where I put it is pretty much where it stayed, right in the middle. So, But um, again, I really love this film. I thought it was awesome. Um, I'm kind of bummed they didn't come out of the steelbook. If they did, I missed it. Uh, but I do have it uh, on 4K. So... I was happy about that. But yeah, this was an awesome film. Again, we got HBO Max. Definitely check it out. And if you're an Elvis fan, you probably already already seen it. And if you want to reach out to me, let me know. For the for you diehard Elvis fans, if you really liked this or you just thought it was crap, I mean, again, those are your opinions and everything, and it's cool. Um, but I again I'm not that big of an Elvis fan, but I really, really love this film. I thought it was an awesome film. And that's coming in at my number six spot, and that is Elvis.
Should we reach out to Jade on her thoughts on that film? Yeah. Here what'd we she, go. What'd she what she say? Jade? I just told Okay, that's so, <laughs> wait, wait, first of all, are you, are you an Elvis fan or do you just know yeah. who he is? <laughs> yes, yes, I'm an Elvis fan. What'd you think of the movie? I I enjoyed it. I actually enlisted my roommates to watch it with me. Um I I thought it was good. I thought they did a good portrayal of both sides, especially since a lot of people don't know everything with the manager, which Tom Tom Hanks played. I actually did know a little bit more about that. Um, I I was just um, I thought it was kind of funny though, because like I think it was more funny for me because I knew a lot more about the situation than my roommates did. My roommates like barely know his music. So they were kind of just going in blind and they like hated Tom Hanks character. And it was kind of just funny to like see them react and stuff like that. Um, I, I felt bad because like, as anyone who knows me knows, I'm not really a night person and we were watching this like super late. And so by the, time Elvis passed away and this is what dad this is what I just told dad and he's like I'm gonna put you on and I'm like oh god um and, uh by the time Elvis passed away in the movie which is like there's like 20 or like maybe half an hour left at that point and in the film um I kind of just got really tired because I was like dang Elvis is gone okay and then it was just Tom Hanks the rest of his story and I was just super tired and so I like I think I fell low-key asleep i'm not gonna lie but i liked it (laughs) yeah i mean i think i I didn't know the the colonel stuff i didn't know all that happened i actually didn't really ever hear of his name until this movie well until the trailer and everyone was saying yeah that's the guy that basically ruined his career and i was like wait what because um, when I I knew who, who the king of rock and roll was, and I knew he had passed away from from drugs, but I didn't know all this. Is this story true from beginning to end? I don't know. I wasn't there. But from what I understand, some Elvis fans are saying they. Some of them said yeah, some of it was made up and all that, but it was pretty good. And you got those super duper diehard Elvis fans. Oh, it was crap. But I don't know. I don't know who can make a good one, who can make a right one, but. For what this was, I went in there basically blind. Again, I knew the music. I knew little the, the movie titles. But I didn't know a lot of the background stuff that went on in his life. So I, I really enjoyed this film. I, I just thought it was awesome. I left the theater like, wow, man, that was hella good. Um, same thing, same way I walked out of um, Walk the Line. I don't think we were doing the show then. But uh, if we were doing it, that would have made my film. The story about Johnny Cash. And what I loved about that film so much, it was awesome. But the really thing I love about I got to see Johnny Cash live in concert with my dad. So that gave it an, an extra special uh, thing. But Elvis, uh, if he was still alive today, would he still be doing music? Um, I don't know. I think he'd be in like 70s or 80s. But um, you got a lot of guys still doing it. Mick Jagger's still out there doing it. And uh, Frankie Valley, he's still pumping in. Who knows? Maybe Elvis, if he was in, in the shape, he could still be running Vegas now. But. I thought the movie was awesome. Again, everyone, if you guys want to check it out, you're interested if I'm selling it to you and you have HBO Max. Um, it is it's a lengthy film, two two hours and thirty nine minutes, but I, I think it's well uh, worth your time. Or break it up. Watch half of it and then watch the next half the next night or 
days later. I don't know, but uh, it's it's a movie that you already know the ending. You know the outcome. It's just you want to see how it, it played out. So, but yeah, coming in number six, Elvis. Thanks, Jade. Yeah, of course. I have one more thing uh, on the idea that it, it is a super long film, but I just want to note the fact that I love Baz Luhrmann as a director. He's probably my favorite director of all time besides Wes Anderson. Um, he's known to have very <laughs> lengthy films because of his style and it's so extravagant and beautiful. And um, yeah, I, I like that his films are long like that and it's worth it. <clears throat> Just real quick, uh, you know his other films, Moulin Rouge, Australia. Moulin Rouge, I've seen. The yeah. Great Gatsby. Ugh. Gatsby. Sorry to stab my eyes on that one. <laughs> uh, I saw it in 3D too, and it was like, oh, <laughs> uh, come on, when's this shit over? Uh, but I loved uh, Moulin Rouge. I like Rouge. his I style. Thought that was amazing. I like his style. Yeah. yeah, for Great Gatsby, 3D interview was a conversion. I, I thought that was really cool, but I just, I didn't. I just did. I'd rather I watch the old Great Gatsby than this one. But um, Moulin Rouge and Elvis, well, I guess then Great Gatsby. I know. Australia, is that the one with Wolverine? Yeah. yeah. I never saw that one, but I've seen these other three. So. Yeah, no, man. No, man. All right. All right. Uh, time for the number five spot, halfway through. The countdown, and I'm headed back to Netflix for this entry. Uh, not surprised to send him on my list, but uh, definitely wasn't expecting it. It was one of those uh, I heard a little bit about it right before it came out, and then it was just all of a sudden out. Uh, like I said, this went straight to Netflix. This came out back on June 8th, and this was the Adam Sandler. Uh, Wancho Hernan Gomez film, Hustle. A basketball scout discovers a phenomenal streetball player while in Spain and sees the prospect as his opportunity to get back into the NBA. After being fired, pro basketball scout Stanley Sugarman is excited. For the first time in a very long time, he discovers Spanish amateur, amateur baller Bo Cruz playing in a park outside Madrid. Fueled with newfound purpose, Stanley makes it his mission to groom Bo for the NBA. He believes they can both make it. The cool thing is, too, it has uh, all kinds of other people from the NBA world. Kenny Smith, uh, a bunch of the players, uh, Boban Marjanovic, uh, Dr. J, Matisse Thibel, Tobias Harris, Kyle Lowry, Tyrese Maxey, Seth Curry, Doc Rivers, Dirk Nowitzki, Brad Stevens, Jay Wright, Trey Young, Jordan Clarkson, Aaron Gordon, Mark Jackson, Allen Iverson, Luka Doncic, on and on and on. Uh, really cool to see, which is crazy. Uh, you have all these people. Oh, yeah, Anthony Edwards uh, plays a big role in it, too. A kind of uh, the rival to Bo Cruz is Wancho uh, Hernan Gomez. Um, but yeah, just obviously as a fan of basketball that I am, it's no surprise I love this. And what was cool is it really, it didn't like, it's, 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 you know, a drama, it's a made up story, but at the same time, like it was true to the game and true to basketball. So that was really cool to see. Um, so far as what I've heard, uh, it really hasn't helped, um, uh, Wancho stay in the league. He's uh, been a bit of a floater around the league. I wouldn't be surprised if he's uh, 
G League these days, which uh, it's interesting. Obviously, they went with him for uh, his ability to act, and then they just you know added everybody else around him. But that being said, Anthony Edwards was also quite good too. I don't know if he would be as good as like Bo Cruz, but he was good as that like rival player that was really giving it to him. So. Uh, just as a huge fan of the game, I'm not surprised. I, I loved this so much. So, yeah, that's my number five spot, and that's Hustle. I started watching this. I don't remember if I finished it. Because I remember how he found him out just playing in the like at schoolyard or wherever he was playing at. It was at night. I remember that. And then I remember once he brought him to America and everything was going on. Is this what was this on? It was on Netflix. It was okay. yeah, it was a it was a straight to Netflix thing, which also surprised me because you don't expect much, but uh, it was actually really well done. I think uh, it probably was in the theater somewhere in like a limited run, but uh, to me, it felt even more worthy. Like it it deserved to uh, to be a like a theatrical release, like. There is obviously a part of me that I'm just such a basketball fan that everything was so appealing to me on that level, but I just thought it was a really well-made film, too. Yeah, I liked what was going on from what I remember, and it's probably just the beginning. I Maybe I'll watch it again because I don't remember yeah. how it Either. ended. Queen Latifah's in it, too. She, yeah. she uh, She's married to uh, Adam Sandler's character. Ben Foster. all those... I assume they're NBA legends. The only one I recognize is Dr. J. <laughs> so, Dr. But. J. <laughs> All right. Coming in. Coming in hot. My number five spot. This is a film that came out last year, but it was released in America in May on May 12th of uh, last year, 2021. So it came out, or 2022 is when we saw it, but it was uh, it came out uh, in Taiwan in 2021. So, and this is a film that I knew nothing about. I just remember kind of clicking around on Shudder. Um, you know, you know, wait, wait a minute, let me go back. One of my friends told me to watch it. He's like, dude, you need to watch that movie, Sadness. I said, what's that? And he goes like, uh, I don't want to tell you. He goes, you got Shudder, right? And I said, yeah. He goes, watch it. I said, well, do I got to read it? He said, yes. And okay. So I didn't think any, I, I love reading these films. I don't, I don't mind it. I did watch. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a quick little honorable mention of a movie that I just saw. I, it was, I think it was in Spanish, but I had I saw the dubbed English version, and it took me way out of it. The movie was good. It, it didn't make my list, and I was a piggy for those of you that that have seen that. It was a crappy dubbed version uh, in English, and it just took me out of the film. But I want to watch it again. But I want to watch it in, in uh, Spanish. But anyway, uh, check that one out if you guys uh, haven't seen that one yet. Um, but this is uh, the sadness. Uh, it was an hour and thirty nine minutes. Uh, I did a lengthy discussion about this on the show when it went after I saw it. Um, and it's a horror film. Uh, a young couple trying to reunite amid a city ravaged by a plague that turns its victims into a deranged, bloodthirsty sadist. This is written and directed by Rob Jabaz, and I'm not even gonna try with these names of everybody that's in it. Um, I'll give I'll give the first couple of shot uh Barant Zhu and Regina Lee Atazu Chang Wang Ying Ru Chen Emerson Tasi Win oh, well I, I don't 
don't even know how to say that. <laughs> but anyway, it's, it's those those types of names. Um, sorry, I'm sure I butchered all of them. I didn't know anybody in this. I didn't recognize anyone. Usually, uh, with some of these uh, films, I'll, I'll recognize at least one person, but I, I didn't. But this film was amazing. I loved it. It was just from beginning to end. It was just glorious. And it, this is this is a film. If I want to be mean and cruel, I'd make the Zisu watch it. But I know he doesn't like blood and guts. He he can handle minimal, but this had way more than you'd probably just shut it off <laughs> because they they did not care. They did not care, and it was it was brutal. It was it was just something that just happened one day and everybody went nuts, but you didn't, they didn't just make you nuts and they're running around killing you. They were raping you too. And I was like, what the hell is going on in this movie? It's like, as soon as these people, uh, I assume it was through uh, body secretions or blood or whatever, because something happened in the beginning in this restaurant. Some, I think it was blood got on other people. And then ah, instantly they, they got all crazy. Kind of like, um, 28 days later, how fast that they turned, it was like that. But these, they were able to still think and talk, but they just went nuts. And it was crazy uh, from beginning to end. So it was this couple just trying to um, get through all this chaos that's going on in the city they're in to, to meet up again. But, oh, man, it was it was out of control. Um, I don't know if this is on Blu-ray yet or anything. If it is, I need to get it in my collection because I was like, damn, this movie was hella good. Uh, me and Eric watched it. I didn't know what it was. He goes, well, what's it about? I said, I, I don't know, Plague movie. He's like, all right, well, let's watch it. So we sat there and watched it. When it was over, I said, do you like it? He goes, man, that was crazy. And it was. It was hella crazy. But the, I, I loved it. Um, you guys know me, the, the blood and guts and everything of all that. And this had it all. I was a little cringy on the raping stuff, but it was, oh, man, it, it was I don't know. Uh, it was based off a graphic novel. If I, I should have forgot, I'm just now remembering it. I guess I should have threw this in um, comic book movies. Um, it probably would have been number one. <laughs> but it was a book. I think the, the graphic novel was called um, <laughs> The Crossed, I believe. Because um, uh, I remember um, talking about it. Um uh, that's not it. Uh, let me see. But I think it's called The Cross. Uh, yes, The Cross. Uh, oh, man. Slow internet, everyone. Um, yeah, The Cross. That's uh, what the um, the graphic novels are called. I, I, don't, I don't have any of those. I, I want to get them. Because uh, I want to read them. And I think the reason why they were they were called The Cross is they were putting... Um, crosses on their faces uh, in in the graphic novel. I don't know if this was uh, the movie was based on this graphic novel, but I don't know if the story was uh, a part of the, the the story series. But anyway, but yeah, I need I need to get those graphic novels. But man, this this movie was amazing. Uh, I loved it. Um, if the next four movies didn't come out, this would have been my number one movie because I was like, damn, it was such a shock, such a surprise. And again, you know me, if you're listening to the show, you know the type of films I like, the crazy blood and guts. And this had it all. And this uh, coming in, my number five spot, The Sadness. If you have AMC Plus or Shudder and you can get over all the stuff that I just described about this film, um, 
watch it. It's not very long. It's only an hour and 39 minutes, and it goes by fast. But uh, my brother here, I know he – I don't think you can do it. I wouldn't put you through it because of the <laughs> so much so much blood uh, that's going on. Studio 666 is pretty bloody and gory, but I think you could sit through that one. But this one, no, I, I think you'd be like, nah, this, this ain't for you. But if it is for you, everyone, and you guys have not seen it, uh, check it out. And it's the sadness coming in hot at number five. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Down to the final four. And uh, now comes an entry that uh, I'm very curious to see if there's any overlap. If there is, obviously you won't speak on it. Uh, but for me, coming in at the number four spot was the Hulu release. I think this came back out in August. Yep, August 5th, and this was Prey. Naru, a skilled warrior of the Comanche Nation, fights to protect her tribe from one of the first highly evolved predators to land on Earth. Set in the Comanche Nation 300 years ago, this is a story of Naru, a fierce and highly skilled warrior raised in the shadow of legendary hunters who roam the Great Plains. When danger threatens her camp, she sets out to protect her people, the prey she stalks, a highly evolved alien predator with technologically advanced arsenal. Prey is making history as the first film dubbed in Comanche and the first time a film is premiered in a native language alongside the English version. So, yeah, uh, to me, this there's been a good amount of predator movies. We talked about this in full length when it came out. Uh, easily, uh, almost instantly, this became, in my opinion, the best movie next to the original Predator film. Best film since then. Uh, I loved everything about it. Uh, Amber Mid-Thunder, awesome. Uh, loved the effects. Loved the way the Predator looked. I think the only complaint I had, which is just more about Predator itself, just as a concept for every film, was the fact that uh, when it hunts, we talked about this uh, when we covered it on the show, like this idea of it like wants to test itself, but it uses like the invisibility tech like that seems like just such a. A cheat, but that's been Predator since the beginning. So, I mean, it is what it is. But, uh, yeah, this was awesome. And, like I said, best Predator film since the original. So, yeah, uh, coming in my number four spot, that's Prey. Yeah, it would be, uh, I think, my third out of the out of all the films. I did like, um, what was that one, Predators? Is that the one with uh, Adrian Brody? Yeah. I like that one. I was that was my second favorite after the first one, and then I would go pray. But uh, uh, yeah, we'll get to pray in a minute. But um, coming in number four, and my number four spot um, is a film that came out um, recently, and I'm kicking myself that I jumped. The, I missed the the tickets that they were um, selling. They were showing. They were having a screening for it in uh, Oklahoma um, in the theater, and I'm like, ah, because I, I saw this um, at home on my tv and this came out uh, i guess it came out in canada uh june 24th and, and it might have come out maybe a month or two later uh here in america uh but this is a uh, adventure horror sci-fi adventure sci-fi yes horror okay you can you can throw it in there uh it's only an hour and 26 minutes it was really short um 
I dubbed it as um, kind of like Attack the Block. And this is uh, Slashback. Um, when Micah and her ragtag friends discover an alien invasion in their tiny Arctic hamlet, it, it's up to them to save the day. Utilizing their makeshift weapons and horror movie knowledge, the aliens realize you don't mess with the girls from Pang. Uh, this was directed by Nayla Inuksuk. I think that's how you say her name. Uh, this stars uh, Christian Byrne, Ashan Benson, um, the awesome Ten, Tenzia Shirley. She played Mika. Um, oh, I'm sorry, little sister. Uh, Nala Joss Ellsworth. I think that's her name. She played Yuki. She was my favorite. She was badass. And then there was a bunch of other ones, uh, little gals in this film. But uh, I remember seeing a poster for it first, and I was like, what, what the hell is this? So I, I kind of clicked on it, and then I was like, whoa, this looks cool. Uh, it says, these aliens met with the wrong girls, slashback. Um, so I was like, okay. So I, I found a trailer, and I watched it. And for some reason, when I looked at the um, poster, I thought these were uh, little gals from New Zealand. But then when I watched it, I found out these were natives up in uh, Canada, Alaska area. And man... This movie was awesome. I loved it. It, it was just—I think—I believe all these uh, little gals were um, first-time actors, and I thought they did a really good job. Uh, the special effects, the CGI—it wasn't the greatest, but it was still pretty good. Um, the cinematography was amazing, just because the area that they filmed this all in—it uh, was shot all on the res uh, up there in Pang, and it was just an awesome little indie film that kind of, to me, just kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, if you have Shutter, it's, it's streaming on there now, so definitely, Jeff, definitely check it out. Or if you have AMC Plus, but I thought it was a really good movie. It was, it was put together well. the The score was amazing. I loved. Uh, I, I can't remember. I was looking it up. But I can't remember who did the music, but um, the direction of this film uh, was was awesome. I loved what uh, Nyla did, and uh, all these little sisters, man. These little um, these little actors, man. They they did such an amazing job. And uh, the CGI again, it wasn't the greatest. But it was it, it it did the point. I think the thing I love the most was um, when the when the aliens took over the humans. Um, they kind of worked it in there. It looked really crappy, like someone just threw a mask over their face. But then they were like, they go, "What what's the matter with them? Why does their faces look all crazy?" <laughs> and they said, "Well, the the alien bodies couldn't really form uh, to their face right, so that's why it looks like a mask." And I was like. Maybe maybe that's what they were going for, or maybe that was just a, a, a lucky mistake. I don't know. Um, I do want to reach out to this director at some point, but I just really, really love this film. It was so good. I watched it uh, the, the initial first time before I talked about it on the show, and then I watched it three more times uh, after that. Um, I'm hoping that they put it out soon in physical media because I want to own this film and it was awesome. I loved it. Again, if you have Shutter AMC Plus, definitely check out Slashback because this movie was awesome and this is coming in at my number 4 spot. Yeah, I remember you when you first talked about it on the show too, you uh were talking a little bit about Attack the Block vibes too, which intrigued me. I still really want to see it. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's awesome. I loved it. Check it out. I'm All right. Have to, have to give you the login stuff again. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, up to number three. 
this film got a little bit of a demotion for me just because it to me was one of the worst offenders of we talk about it all the time on the show when a, the trailer shows too much and i felt like for some reason i just couldn't avoid the trailers on this so much so that when it came out um I kind of put off seeing it and then it just got away from me. So I didn't get to see it uh, until it came out on home release. But uh, when I eventually saw it, I did love it, uh, did redeem itself, thought it was really good. It just took a little bit of a hit. I mean, not too much of a hit. Here it is at my number three spot. Uh, But yeah, this was uh, Bullet Train. Five assassins aboard a swiftly moving bullet train find out that their missions have something in common. Unlucky assassin Ladybug, Brad Pitt, is determined to do his job peacefully after one too many yigs gone off the rails. Fate has other plans, though, however, as Ladybug's latest mission puts him on a collision course with lethal, lethal adversaries from around the globe, all with connected yet conflicting objectives on the world's fastest train. The end of this line is just the beginning in this nonstop thrill ride through modern day Japan. Yeah, so many little elements I love about this. Um, the action, the comedy, uh, the actors, um, just the setting is really cool. Right after I watched it, I immediately put on the um, director commentary and had it on again in the background as I was doing stuff. So um Learned a little bit about the making of it there, and that was fun and cool. But, uh, yeah, this was solid, but this was so weird because I was so excited for it up until the release, and then I just felt like the trailer showed way too much, and it just sat my excitement for wanting to go see it, which uh, I can't really remember another film like that. But, yeah, eventually uh, got around to seeing it, and uh, I did love it. Uh, On the Funko Pop side, they made – Brad Pitt's character, the little mascot, Momo-chan, and then uh, Bad Bunny's a character assassin. And it turns out just because of his popularity in music, that is now a very hard-to-find pop. It's sold out everywhere online. And uh, if I want to complete that set, I don't know what I'm going to do because uh, people want it just for him. <laughs> But yeah, an ass in that movie, <laughs> right? <laughs> but yeah, coming in at number three for me, it's Bullet Train. Ah, that's honorable mention for me. Everyone didn't make my list, but Bullet it was awesome. Did you see the theater, or did you wait till it came on Netflix Just, or whatever? No, and no, I, I actually got it on Blu-ray, so I had confidence enough that I would like it just to buy it without seeing, which is very rare for me, but. I just had a lot of confidence. I did want to see it in theaters. It just got away from me. I saw it when it came out, and I told you to go see it. Dude, it was really good. <laughs> I know. But what we talked about, like I said, this was like the worst offender in showing everything in the trailer. They show all kinds of stuff. They show all kinds of moments from the ending. So I was definitely frustrated by that. <laughs> I don't it still remember. had a few surprises. It still had a few surprises, which was good. So I didn't know Bad Bunny was in it. That was a surprise to me when he popped up on the screen. I was like, yeah. So <laughs> when I saw it, there was hardly anybody in there. It was like maybe five of us in the biggest theater, too. So, but 
Yeah, honorable mention for me. I, I did love it. I thought it was awesome. I need I need to pick it up. I haven't gotten that one yet. But yeah, it's awesome. Good, uh, uh, come, good Blu-ray too. It has a, a good amount of special features. Not only does it have a full-length commentary, like it's like over an hour of uh, special features behind the scenes stuff, which is cool too. Because uh, I think they said they were the first new movie to start after all the. Um, virus shutdowns there were other movies that restarted but they were the first new movie to film after uh virus restrictions Hmm. um yeah i i loved it i thought it was cool um excuse me all right uh the zc we already talked about it i love this movie i thought it was awesome uh it made my number three spot and this is prey uh, I did have some issues with it, uh, but it was still an amazing film. Um, uh, I can't remember what issue that was when it was dealing with the story, especially this movie's been out. It's on Hulu. You guys should have seen it. The the, the dealing with the gun uh, the, at the end. Um, it's a little more different uh, in this than uh, in the initial uh, comic book series, but um, still cool. Was, I'm glad that they did it. The first time we saw that, that gun was in uh, Predator 2. But um, overall, the film was amazing. I didn't really care for how the Predator looked when we the first watch. But then when you you sit there and you talk about it, especially from that movie Predators, they had mentioned it goes these there's different ones. There isn't just the the initial ones that we saw in the first two movies. And then they said there's there's other ones. And this was like one of the beginning Predators before it actually uh, gets all the high tech gear and everything. It had the high tech stuff. But I mean, I, I loved how. Uh, it was set in this time uh, in the indigenous period and everything of way back then in the old school days and everything. I know a lot of people were like, oh, well, this young little girl is going to take on a predator. It's a fucking movie. Take it easy. <laughs> but uh, Amber Mid awesome. Thunder, beautiful. Dakota Beavers, awesome. Uh, Stormy Kip, he was amazing. And everybody, all the indigenous actors that were in it were awesome. Um, I really love this film. I wish we could have got to uh, see it at Comic-Con in theater with everyone. Uh, then they did a screening for it in Oklahoma, I think in Tulsa. Uh, they showed it out there. Russ, you should have told me. I would have flew out there just to <laughs> see it on the big screen. But um, I don't know why they haven't released this yet, uh, physical media-wise. But uh, it's it's an amazing film. I just loved what they did. I know a lot of people are like are just tired of these Predator movies. We don't have that many of them. So, I mean, we do what? The Predator, Predator 2, Predators, um, the, the two Alien uh, vs. Predator movie, and then this one? Uh, oh, the Predator? I actually like that one. I know everyone hated that. You got seven of them. Calm down. <laughs> so, um, but I thought this was a good movie. If they give us more, I'll watch it. Uh, give me more in this era, which they probably won't, but um, no, it was I cool. Do. I hope they do. It, <laughs> it was good. It was good for this era because we've seen it in. Modern times. We saw it in the 80s. We saw it uh, later on in the future. We saw it in up in the ice and wherever they were. Or, no, or was it in Antarctica? I can't remember where. Um, but we, we've seen all that. We've seen it on other planets, which was awesome. And then now we just went back in time because they did say that these predators have been coming here for who knows how long. Because even uh, uh I think the, the the young gal in the first one said that yeah these this has been happening for a long time, so. Right. But yeah, I thought this movie was really good. Dan Trachtenberg, uh, Cloverfield or Ten Cloverfield yeah. Lane, that movie was awesome. Okay. 
I loved it. So, again, if you're going to give us more Predator movies, I'm going to see it. But I was really excited because I was happy that uh, it, it was taking place in this period. Amber Mid Thunder, she's beautiful, strong little young sister. Uh, we did get to see her on uh, Reservation Dogs and uh, some other things. But um, I want to see more of her. If she, if she falls into this little action role, it's cool. Do it. I'll go for it. I'll watch them. But yeah, Prey coming in in my number three spot. Yep. So good. Loved it. All right. All the way at number two. We're closing in here. Um, this one was definitely the surprise hit of the year for me. I was very cautious when this came out. I did not know what to think. And it pleasantly surprised me. And this was the Disney Plus release, Chippendale's Rescue Rangers. 30 years after their popular television show ended, Chipmunks Chippendale live very different lives. When a cast member from the original series mysteriously disappears, the pair must reunite to save their friends. Uh, this stars the voice of Andy Samberg, John Mulaney, uh, live action Kiki Lane, uh, Will Arnett's a voice, Eric Bana's a voice, uh, Dennis Haysbert's a voice, Keegan-Michael Key, Tim Robinson, Seth Rogen's, J.K. Simmons, Rachel Bloom, uh, on and on and on. Um, this one, I just, I just, I didn't know what to expect. I was very cautious. Even when I heard, uh, I, I, I initially was like, uh, the voice for Andy Samberg and John Mulaney is Chip and Dale. I was like, kind of really put off like it. I was like, uh, I, I was ready for it to be bad. And I loved everything about it because it was pretty much aimed at me, somebody who grew up with Chippendale Rescue Rangers and knows, you know, follows fandoms and comic books, movies, TV shows. There's a million references in this. Uh, my favorite being uh, Batman versus E.T. Uh, crack me up still does every time I see it or think about it. Um, but yeah, this was just uh, a complete surprise. Uh, I was completely blown away, and uh, I did not expect to love this as much as I, I did, but uh, I really did. It's only an hour and 37 minutes, but uh, it's really a lot of fun. So many references, so much features, uh, other crossover stuff, and uh, yeah, I love the original Rescue Rangers, and this is just a really fun take on uh, the story so yeah number two chip and dale's rescue rangers i was never a fan of the show so i, I didn't even bother with this one uh everyone was talking about it and how good it was and it was a lot of nostalgic from the yep uh younger guy that are younger than me because i was way older when that initial show first came out so but i didn't uh, I didn't really care for it. So I don't know. Again, who knows? I'll, I'll probably, maybe the, the boys will want to watch it. I'll throw it Yeah, I recommend put it on for them. It's hella funny. It, it'd probably be one of those. Um, they'd love it just for the Chippendale-ness of it. But it's so much adult humor in it. And too, there's a, a part where to do a distraction, uh, he has to do a... a a fake rap <laughs> and, and, and 
uh, well, it's uh, Andy Samberg's Dale is doing it, and uh, John Mulaney's Chip thinks it's terrible, but then he has to do the same thing. Oh man, it's just it's so funny, and it's like filled with like moments like that. I loved it so much. So yeah, and I love when a film surprises me. So yep, easily number two, Chippendales Rescue Rangers. All right. Uh, hold on. All right. Sorry, everyone. Uh, trying to pull up something. Oh, anyway. Yeah, number two for me. Uh, this is a film that I was looking forward to. I knew it was going to make my list. And... Because the when the trailer came out, I was like, "Oh, all right, this is this is what I wanted." Because that first film was fucking bullshit, and this one was not. It was fucking awesome. And this is Top Gun Maverick. After thirty years, Maverick is still pushing the envelope as a top naval aviator, but first, but must confront ghosts of his past when he leads Top Gun's elite graduates on a mission that demands the ultimate sacrifice from those chosen to fly it. This is directed by Joseph Kaczynski, I think as I say it. I know you might have said that wrong. Uh, Of course, Tom Cruise, the beautiful Jennifer Connelly, uh, Miles Teller, Bashar, Salat Hudden, I think that's his name, Uh, John Hamm, Hamm Solo, Uh, Monica... Barbaro, Charles Farnell, Lewis Pullman, Jay Ellis, uh, Glenn Powell. He was hangman. He was badass. He was like probably my favorite in it. Uh, Danny Ramirez, Jake Schumeister. I don't know his name. Manny Jackanito. I think that's his name. And some other guys. Lewis Pullman, Bob. He was awesome. And the great Val Kilmer. Came back as Tom Iceman Kazansky. All right. Um, I'm not going to go into why I hate the first one. It was just garbage movie. Anyway, I don't care what any of you say. We've had this discussion many, many times here on the show. And everyone's always shocked every time they find out I hate Top Gun. <laughs> the most hot take in our show's history. <laughs> this is what I wanted in Top Gun. And if that, if this took place in that first film instead of that dumbass love story... I would have probably loved it like the way everyone else just thought it was like the best thing since sliced bread. Ugh, trash. Do I have the steel book? Of course I do. Anyway, shout out to my girl, the guy for me. Anyway, um, but this movie, I the trailers came out. I knew we knew it was coming. Our big, our biggest thing was, is Val Kilmer going to be in it? Because we knew what he was going through with his medical issues and everything. And if you saw. Um, his documentary Val I don't know if that was last year or this year I can't remember but um, it was amazing if you guys haven't seen it check it out and it's really sad bring your tissue and I had to bring my tissues for this because I knew it was going to be sad Um, no spoilers I mean spoilers you guys should have seen this already this came out a while ago Uh, it is on Paramount Plus now Uh, I've watched it a few times on there I got the steel book uh, and everything but man this movie was glorious the the jets, the cinematography, everything. Them being in the jets is what I wanted in that first movie, and I didn't get it. Oh man! And the way the way Tom Cruise is now, he he's got to be front center in everything in this. 
And uh, it was awesome. I mean, he is a pilot. Uh, check out, uh, if you have Paramount Plus, check out that little, uh, I think it's like a half hour when he was on um, the James Corden, Corbin or whatever that, that guy's name. Uh, he, they got, he got him up in a jet and he got him in his airplane, his own, his own airplane that he had in this film that he was flying around in and everything in it. But man, this was hella good. I loved it. It was so good. It just, there was the little, small little love story with him and Jennifer Connelly. Uh, she was a character that was, was mentioned in the first film. We didn't, we didn't get to see her, but oh man, they didn't, they didn't concentrate on all that. Like the first movie did and gave you two minutes of jet fighting. This was no, nah, it was about the mission and the training that he put all these uh, little young uh, pilots into to go into this mission. And um, Miles Teller being a rooster and he was um, uh, Goose's son. And the story, the backstory that they had of, of them, I thought was good. And it was it got pretty sad. But the scenes when Iceman came into it. Oh, man, I just I couldn't help it, man. As soon as when he texted him and said, I need to see you. I was like, oh, get ready for it. And when he came on the screen and we saw him, I was like, oh, my God. And that whole scene, well, that was only that one scene with them, um, Maverick and Iceman together. And it was just, oh, it was, oh, man, I'm about to tear up now. But it was it was such an emotional scene. And then when later on in the film, when Iceman passed and during that funeral scene, they showed that little quick little funeral scene in the, in the trailer. And I knew it. I was like, fuck man, Iceman. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. And then when it happened, like I said, I knew it was coming, but I was like, Oh, I said, her wife of my eyes. Oh, my voice starting to crack, but man, this movie was awesome. I loved it. When they finally went on the mission and all the jet flying around in it. And when they got and they had the battle and the dog fights, uh, and everything in it, man, this movie was awesome. After that first viewing, as soon as I walked out of the theater, I said, this is this is in my top five. At, at that it is not getting booted down. Uh, it was it was the number one spot. But we'll get to my number one movie in a minute. But and because I, I was thinking, hey, nothing's going to beat this. And then I saw something else that did. But man, this movie was awesome. Um, if you love the first one, I'm pretty sure you saw this one. And a lot of people did. And a lot of people were like, yeah, man, this was better than the first one. It was a billion times, gazillion times better than that first trash uh, Top Gun movie. But, man, this is what I wanted. And I got it in Top Gun Maverick. And that's coming in right hot in my number two spot. And I assume it's your number one. <laughs> that's a Yeah, <laughs> you stole my thunder a little. Uh, also, yeah, coming in at that number one spot. Top Gun Maverick for me. Um, I probably don't have to get too much into it because you pretty much nailed it right there. But uh, for me, uh, I wasn't expecting this to be my number one film of the year, but it far and away was the best theatrical movie experience I had of the year. It's one of those. It's great with a crowd. You feel it. In the audience, you feel that everybody's going through those emotions. You feel like you were saying with Iceman, you feel everything with the jets and it's just, it's just so well done. And to me, uh, especially considering I, we just saw Avatar, which I thought was all right. Uh, I, I cannot believe somehow, some way Avatar was able to outdo Maverick at the box office because it felt like everybody was talking about this. Everybody was going to see it. Um, it. It rarely happens at my work where 
um, you just hear like everybody talking about it. There's not very many things. And this was one of them, uh, customers, coworkers, it just felt like it's everywhere. That's why it's just shocking to me that avatar, you know, was able to sneak in here at the end, but, uh, it, it was, it was able to overtake Maverick. But, uh, for me, uh, yeah, this was, like I said, far and away, the, the, the best thing I saw at the theaters all year, uh, I didn't expect it to be, but it uh, made it into that number one spot and it held that number one spot. Actually, I didn't even know. I just knew it was on the list. But then when I really started to take a, a look at the list, it was easy. It was easy. Number one, like there was nothing else that uh, kind of had that effect that you want when you see a movie and, you know, you feel it on all the different levels like i was saying from the emotion to the action so yep that was uh, easy for me i actually still do need to own it i will uh pick it up i haven't yet but uh yep number one for me that's top gun maverick all right excuse me <coughs> man <clears throat> all right again like i said top gun maverick awesome movie it, movie was my number one um choice uh, films. Uh, shout out to my dad when he they came he came up and he was asking me, "Did you see that new Top Gun yet?" I said, "Hell yeah!" He goes, "I didn't get to see it yet because my mom doesn't go to the movies and my dad don't want to go by himself." I said, "Well, come on, dad, let's go see this." So I took my dad and uh, my son to see it, and uh, they both loved it. My dad was like, "Wow, that was awesome!" As I told you, <laughs> so. But uh, this film, this which is my number one film. Um, I believe it came out last year in Canada, but then they released it here and I think February. If not February, no, it was it was released February. Um I guess I, I think it did its uh festival run at the end of last year or uh, 2021, but then they it came out uh in February of 2022. Um shout out to Brian. He was the one that hit me uh to this movie. It was uh, it's streaming on AMC Plus, and it was something that I never even heard of, and I never even heard of this uh, this young sister that stars in it. And this is a film. It's called Catch the Fair One. A former boxer is told that her younger sister, who has disappeared two years ago, may be alive in a trafficking network that sets out, and she sets out to find her. All right, that was Google IMDb. A former championship boxer embarks on a fight. Uh, for her life when she goes in search of her missing sister. This is directed by Joseph Kubota Weldika. I think that's how you say it. Written by uh, him and uh, Kaylee Reese. And this stars uh, Kaylee Reese. Uh, she is a real boxer, I believe, or MMA fighter. I can't remember. Uh, this also stars a Shirley Vincent, Kendall Morris, Faye Lone, Rand, got uh, Gerald Webb. Uh, Kimberly Guerrero, uh, Sam Seward, uh, Kevin Dunn. Uh, Kevin Dunn and Kimberly Guerrero were the only ones that I knew uh, in this. Um, so I was like, okay, let me let me watch this film. Oh my god, this film was it's a it's a drama. It's it's a slow drama, and it's about this this boxer girl. She's uh, her career kind of fell apart. She got. Um, she kind of got uh, addicted to heroin, I think. 
and um, but her sister goes missing. It was like her sister was at uh, her her boxing training camp. And then she was like, all right, well, I'm going to go home. Uh, I got to do some homework. And she's kind of like, well, why don't you just wait for me? And she goes, no, no, it's all right. I, I can get home. And that's the last she sees of her sister. And she disappears. So for two years, uh, Kaylee is out looking for her. And she finds out that there is this uh, human trafficking. Uh, basically, they're selling uh, young women uh, in uh, to... No, sell them and put them into the sex trafficking type of thing. Um, but the reason that I watched it, well, other than uh, Brian and I, I think we did it for Stream Fiends. And, um, but I, I didn't know. Um, these were indigenous women in it, Kaylee Reese. Uh, I, I guess I should have looked up to see what tribe she was. I, I can't remember, but um, it, it was it was awesome. Uh, Kaylee Reese is an American professional boxer, actress, is a former world champion, and in two weight classes have held the WC, uh, WBC female female middleweight title in 2016, and the WBA, WBO, and IBO female lightweight titles between 2000 and or 2020 and 2022. <laughs> Um, I know when we looked it all up, I it, it said what tribe she was, but I I cannot remember where it is. Uh, she was born from Rhode Island, um, Native American descent, uh, Cherokee, Nip Nipmuc, and C. Croc. I, I can't even pronounce these last ones, but uh, anyway, yeah, she's native, and I believe she is uh, African American as well. Uh, but anyway, I did reach out to her and I told her that I watched this film and, and I loved it. And uh, I sent her the link to the review, Brian and I did. And she was like, you know what, thank you so much uh, for watching my film. It's a story that needs to be told. And I think this is a story, that a film that people need to see on what's going on, especially with the, the MMIW uh, that's going on, the missing the, the missing murdered and indigenous women. Um, and that's what was going on here. But she went on this mission to find her sister. She found out because uh, she saw a picture on her. Someone found her uh, and said, is this your sister? And she's like, yeah, that's her. And she needed to get into that network of the human trafficking just so she can find her sister. So she basically gets into she goes to where all these people are. Uh, these guys take all these girls and then somebody checks them out and says, all right, you're you're good enough. And we're going to send you to work. So she's gonna have to basically go and give give her give herself to these these sleazy motherfuckers, um, and just so they can have sex with her. And it it was a sad story. I mean, I, I won't go into the ending in it, but it was it was just so powerful. I I just could not believe um, how awesome this movie was. And this is a movie I think everyone should see. Because it was it was just so it was just so sad and everything, man. I, mean, I cried my eyes out uh, in this film. I mean, I have a daughter. I don't want her to get caught up into this, but you guys know me personally and what's going on in my life right now. I mean, it's I I don't want to see this. I don't want to get that phone call. But if I do, then I don't know. I, I it's she chose her to live her life a different way, and. Uh, that, that that's I was thinking about her the whole time I was watching this film, but it was it was just so amazing and so powerful on what was going on in this. And I told this to Kayla. I said this this is a story that needed to be told, 
and it needed to be seen. And I'm glad that she did it. And she just kept saying, thank you. Thank you so much for watching it and spread the word uh, on my show or on, uh, on this film. I didn't do an initial review for it because after I saw it, I went, this is my number one film and I'm not going to talk about it until we do this end of the year thing, because I want it to be a surprise for everyone. Cause yeah. everyone, Every, everyone thought I was going to pick Top Gun again. It, Top Gun Maverick was number one until I saw this, and um, I think everyone needs to see this film. It is a slow burn, so don't expect excitement. But it's really short; it's only an hour and twenty five minutes. But it it is it is an awesome awesome film. I think everyone needs to see it, and this message needs to get out uh, because there's a lot of uh, sisters out there that are missing. And hopefully we can find them alive. That's what I want the most or just find them to put, uh, put the ease to, to some of these family members uh, of stuff like this happening. And it happens. It's not happening just here in America. It's happening all over the world. And it's something that needs to be stopped. And I think we all need to do our part and to help um, not just women. I mean, even kids, I mean, even men, I mean, men can be abducted as well. But it's just something out. I think that um, it needs it needs to be it needs to be dealt with, especially with an indigenous woman, because if you guys uh, there's a lot of stuff going out there. Because even at the end of Wind River, it said that the statistics there's no there's no number on how many are missing. And and there was another movie I was watching. I can't remember it. Or something I watched recently. Oh, um, Daily Alaska or Alaska Daily, whatever it was. When they were saying. Um, in that one, they're looking for a missing girl, a murdered missing girl. And and then they put it in the show. They're like, yeah, there was a, it was a white woman that was missing. And it was all over the news. And if you could think about what happened to us, that um, not again, nothing against the, the young woman that was missing, but it happened here in, in real life. I mean, there was a, a young blonde girl that was missing and everything. And her picture was all over the place. Every news channel, everything. But then it goes when it comes down to Native American um, or just indigenous women, period. I mean, there's no we don't get any kind of coverage. I mean, even Daily Alaska or Alaska Daily, whatever the hell that show's called. I mean, they said it, too. They're like, there's just something that they. OK, if it's missing Caucasian woman, yeah, it's going to get all the press. But if it's someone of color, the indigenous woman, eh, we're just going to put her on the back page. Sorry, she's missing. But, yeah, life goes on. But this film was awesome. I loved it. Again, it's really, really sad and it's really, really powerful. And uh, I'm happy that um, that it that it was made. I'm happy that it's out. It, it is streaming. If you have AMC Plus, and I, it's out there because I saw it. Um, but it was it was an awesome, awesome film. Uh, again, I had no idea it was going to be my number one film when I started it because um, I didn't even know what it was going to be about. I just clicked on Brian today. Hey, this is the movie we're going to watch. So click on it. All right. Uh, usually when we do that, uh, for especially something I never even heard of, I don't read into it. I don't watch any trailers. I'll just click on it and watch it. And I was just like, Oh my God, I was just so, so shocked and so sad and everything that what was happening in this story. And yeah, everyone definitely check it out. If you have AMC plus or, or rent it, I'm sure it's on prime or wherever you rent, uh, your movies. It was on YouTube for a little bit, but I think it got yanked uh, already. <laughs> but um, yeah, definitely check this film out. This is a film that I highly, highly recommend uh, that people watch and spread the word on this film. 
because I haven't really heard too much about it. There has been a couple pods that, that talk about it other than us. But I think it, it's something that I think everybody needs to see. And it's again, it's, it's something that, that does happen every day here in America, as well as other parts of the world. But definitely, definitely check this film out. Uh, Kaylee Reese, amazing, amazing story, amazing actor. Uh, I did watch some videos of her uh, boxing, and she I wouldn't want to go up against her. She'd knock my block off. But um, she knocked it out of the park with this film. And uh, again, I highly, highly recommend that you guys watch this. And this is my number one film of 2022. And this is Catch the Fair One. Yeah, oh, man. I, 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 it's always awesome when you uh, can pull a surprise like that. A couple of years ago, when you pulled out uh, Bohemian Rhapsody up top, the that blew me away too. Cause I had it like at whatever, like four and uh, we moved right on. I was like, huh, nothing to say on that one, huh? <laughs> yeah, that one. I, I listened to that one over a couple of times and I was like, when you were talking about it, I was like, do am I going to say anything? And I'm just like, I'm like, no, nope. just moved right it, on. Like, yeah. We just skimmed. I, I was, I kind of like went, all right, and on to my number, whatever, whatever. And then I'm like, damn, you ain't got nothing on it? I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a, a movie I saw late in the year. Um, at like the end of December. And that movie just blew me away. I still love that movie. I still watch it today. It was so awesome. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. But yeah, catch the fair one. All right. I'm going to start from my number 10 to number one. Uh, number 10, I wanted uh, Whitney Houston. I want to dance with somebody. Number nine, Barbarian. Number eight, Metal Lords. Number seven, Studio 666. Number six, Elvis. Number five, The Sadness. Number four, Slashback. Number three, Prey. Number two, Top Gun, Maverick. And number one, Catch the Fair One. So, yeah, indeed, we did have two on the same list, Prey and Top Gun, Maverick. That was going to be my guess uh, when looking at my list. But for me... Number 10 was Wendell and Wild. Nine was Jerry and Marge Go Large. Eight was Windfall. Seven was Glass Onion. Six was Uncharted. Five was Hustle. Four was Prey. Three was Bullet Train. Two was Chippendales Rescue Rangers. And one was Top Gun Maverick. I have four runners up that were definitely in contention, maybe all even on the list at some point. Uh, Enola Holmes 2, like I mentioned uh, on the show when I covered it, uh, really loved that series, loved this one. Uh, the first one made my end of year top 10. This one didn't, but I still did love it. Uh, Kimmy, the HBO movie, uh, kind of a, a modern take on uh, Rear Window. Really like that one. That was one of the first on the list, too, of the year. But uh, found it way all the way slipped off. The Gray Man was also on my list for a long time this year. Uh, Netflix action. Really enjoyed it. But uh, in the year, in, in the end, it slipped off. And Nope. Uh, this was on the list for the longest time, too. Uh, just really love Jordan Peele's movies and... Uh, us was one of my favorites of all time, but uh, nope, as much as I loved it, it didn't end up making my top 10. So, yeah, those were my four runners up. All 
right. I got five runner-ups. And I will tell you them as soon as I pull them up. I just got out of it. All right. These in no order. These are the ones um that I had on my list but just didn't didn't make it. Um The Black Phone. I thought that movie was awesome. Um Bullet Train. I mentioned that already. Day Shift. It was a Netflix one with uh, Jamie Foxx. That movie was awesome. Definitely check it out if you haven't seen that one. Uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. That movie was amazing. I loved it. I did pick up the Blu-ray. Me too. Uh, And Clerks 3. That one, I wanted it to be on the list, but then as as I started running through everything, Clerks 3, I know it kind of started out really slow, but towards the end, it just got really emotional and everything. I did shed out some tears in that, but man, Clerks 3 is awesome. Definitely check that one out if you have seen uh, Clerks one and two and everything else I had to deal with with Jay and Silent Bob and everything and you know, the whole view askew reverse whatever Kevin Smith calls it but Clerks three was an awesome awesome film if I had to put that in order uh, Clerks three would probably be number eleven uh, on a list but anything but yeah but those are the those are the five my honorable mentions um, I got another honorable mention it was a film that it was a short film that I saw at the L A Skins Fest I just remembered it. Uh, and this is a film. It was, it was my favorite film that I saw uh, at the um, at the uh, the LA Skins Fest, and it's a film called Stripper. Uh, I talked about it. Um, shout out to Tim and Bark. Uh, I interviewed him when I was down there. Uh, he was one of the the guys, the little little skater skater kids that w- that was in the film. The film's only like 13 minutes or 14 minutes long, um, but it was an awesome little story about these kids on the um, Cherokee Reservation. Um, but yeah, definitely go back and listen to that episode of the Magnus podcast. It's only a couple back. It was an awesome little uh, interview. Uh, so shout out to Tevin Bark. He's going to come on again on uh, East Society or ESP Skate Society, uh, as well as my nephew, um, Kimo. We're going to talk about skateboarding, especially them growing up as uh, young little rippers over there on the East Coast and talk about everything over there. Eventually, I don't know, it's got to work out a time for them. But yeah, shout out to Tevin Bark. Uh, awesome guy. And his mom, and his mom Shannon, uh, amazing young woman. Uh, it was good, but yeah, Stripper. It, it was an awesome little short film, so I, I got I got to shout that out for best uh, films of the year. There were some other awesome films I saw at the LA Skins Fest, but that one reached out to me the most only because of the whole skateboarding thing. But anyway, um, uh, before we do do our uh, our pop of the year, um, I'm gonna run through um my top ten horror films. Uh, I'm not gonna really dive into them. I'm just gonna read the list. Uh, coming in number 10, I was really excited for this film, but then when we saw it, I was kind of like, what's happening here? But I did like the end, but uh, yeah, I'm a completist. Got the steel book the other day. Uh, this is Halloween ends. Um, that was number 10, uh, number nine, which my, which was on my first, uh, movie of the year. When we, we started going back to the movie theater, uh, scream, uh, that one, that movie was awesome. I think it's on Paramount Plus. I think it was. I don't know if it's still on there. Um, but yeah, the last screen movie, which was awesome. Definitely check that out. And uh, number eight, this is a film that came out. It was on Hulu and people were talking about it, but I was like, what? What the hell? What are you guys talking about? And uh, I saw who was in it, um, uh, Winter Soldier. And I was like, okay. I did talk about it on the show. And this is that film, Fresh. Man, this movie, it was fresh. <laughs> it was hella good. Uh, I think I'll make you watch this one at some point if you haven't seen it, but it's it's hella good. It was more of a drama. Uh, IMDb has it down as comedy, horror, thriller, but 
light on the horror, but I'm going to put it on my horror list, and, that, and that's fresh. If you have Hulu, definitely uh, check it out. What the hell is um, Winter Soldier's name? Sebastian Stan. Yeah, he he's the, the, the guy in it. It was an awesome film. Definitely check it out, everyone. All right, the next one, uh, it was part two of uh, this trilogy. I think we're getting the um, the next film sometime this year, and I cannot wait for it. But this is uh, it was a prequel, and this is Pearl. Um, I think I did talk a little bit about it on uh, on the show. I can't remember, but man, this movie was awesome. A twenty four. They don't. They they hit it out of the park in the beginning, but then they were kind of going up and down. But when uh, this one came out, I thought it was awesome. But uh, let me get to uh, number. F- I'll go. I'll get back to Pearl in a second. Uh, my number six spot was Terrifier two. Awesome, awesome film. I picked up the uh, the four K the other day. And uh, I loved it. I, I, I talked about it on the regular show, and the Zisu cannot watch that ever in his life because he won't be able to handle it. It's too bloody, <laughs> too gory, everything. Uh, awesome, awesome film. You guys uh, love Terrifier. And uh, you love the first one and the second one. Uh, the first one was was uh, my favorite, but Terrifier 2, man, they pushed the envelope over and over and over throughout the whole film. But all right. Uh, number five is X. Um, that's the first film in this, uh, I believe it's a trilogy the um, Pearl trilogy, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what, what they're calling it, but X was the first film, and then Pearl was uh, the second one, but um, it was actually a prequel to the film X, because uh, I believe uh, X was taking place in 1979, and then Pearl was taking place like 19, I don't know, 30. I, I don't, I don't remember what year. Uh, that one was taking place, but it was like way, way back there. Uh, 1918 is when Pearl was taking place. So they went backwards. But X, this was one I've seen it uh, advertised. And I was like, what is this? I watched the trailer and I was like, eh, OK. Um, but then I found it and then I watched it. And man, this movie was hella good. Uh, what's her name's in it? Uh, Wednesday. Um, Jenna, Jenna Ortega, she's in it. And She's not Little Wednesday in this movie, but uh, she bears some of it. But this movie was hella good. Uh, it was kind of dragging in the beginning, but then it really picked up uh, with the end. And then uh, a lot of people got up and left and didn't see the uh, little extra scene was basically was a trailer for Pearl. And it was because uh, Pearl was in this first or in, in X, um, Mia Goth. And because Mia, Mia Goth was playing a dual role, she played uh, Maxine. And uh, which was a porn star, and then Pearl, which was uh, the girl from the, the movie Pearl. Uh, I, I don't remember really want to get into it, but it was awesome. But the next film that's coming is called Maxine. Because as soon as Pearl was over, I waited all the way to the end to to see a quick little uh, teaser for the next movie, the trilogy, the, the the third film in this trilogy, and it's called Maxine, and that's taking place in the eighties. So I'm like, hell yes. I, I can't wait for that one. Yeah, Ty West, man, he, he hit it out of the park with these two films. But all right. Uh, on to number four, Barbarian. I won't go into that. You already know. Uh, next one, Studio 666. Uh, that was my uh, number three uh, horror film. But my number two film, um, a lot of people hated this movie only because of a the main character in it was just some right-wing nut job, MAGA idiot. Um, and this is Dashcam 
Uh, two friends embark on a horror field road trip in the live stream in the most terrifying night of their lives. Directed by Rob Savage. And the one the chick that everyone hated, I believe uh, her real name, and she used it in the film, was Anne Hardy. I read that this was just a character she was doing, but then I was reading some other things, and they're saying, no, this is how she thinks. But this film was awesome. It was all during the pandemic and everything, so it was, it was during, like, lockdown. But this was a, a surprise film that, like, I was like, okay, it's out. Let me see it um, because everyone was talking about it. it was a lot of people going, I shut it off. I couldn't handle it. When I thought they meant they shut it off, they couldn't handle it because it was too gruesome or too scary. It was only because of the main girl with her right wing views. And that's, all, that's why a lot of people shut it off. I'm, I can look over all that shit. If that's how you think, that's how you think. And um, it didn't bother me. It just made all the stuff she was saying, little fucking crazy shit. It just made me laugh. So I was like, man, whatever, okay, whatever. But let me let me see what uh, this film's gonna offer me. And once it got going, and all the craziness that was happening in it, when the movie was over, I was like, man, this was hella good. And uh, I loved it. And that's coming in my number two spot, and that's Dash Cam. And uh, if you guys haven't guessed it already, it did make my. Uh, it was my number five movie in uh, the top ten, and my number one horror movie of 2022 is The Sadness. I'm not gonna get into it again, but man, that movie was glorious. I loved it. That's why it's my number one. A movie. I think um, honorable mention is uh, I think it was Virus something. I, it was a movie on Shutter. Virus something, a number. I can't remember. That one was really good. <laughs> VHS ninety nine. That one was that was cool. Just further adventures in the VHS series. I thought that was good. There was another movie I saw. I I can't remember. I know people were asking me, oh, what'd you think of uh, the the new Hellraiser? That made my not-so-cool list on on Horror Returns. I mean, the movie was what it was, but it didn't bring me anything new to the Hellraiser series. Um, I liked how the Cenobites looked and and everything. Cinematography was cool. I just didn't. It was nothing to me. It was nothing new on what was going on in the Hellraiser series. If they continue to make movies, I'll watch them. I saw the other ones, and they weren't the best. Uh, I said this on Horror Returns. My favorite ones out of that whole series of Hellraiser films was the first two, Hellraiser and Hellbound, Hellraiser 2. After that, it was just like, eh. This is the same thing over and all over again. But anyway, uh, from number 10, Halloween Ends. Uh, number 9, Scream. Number 8, Fresh. Number 7, Pearl. Number 6, Terrifier 2. Number 5, X. Number 4, Barbarian. Uh, number 3, Studio 666. Number 2, Dash Cam. And my number 1 horror film of 2022, The Sadness. So if you guys haven't seen any of those, definitely check it out. Again, if you have Hulu, watch Dash Cam. It's it's a, like a found footage film, so if that bothers you, you, you probably won't watch it. But get over the, the little crazy stuff that she's saying and her beliefs and all that. Get over all of that. Just take it as a joke and laugh at it um, and, and enjoy this horror film because it was an awesome ride, and I loved it. And a lot of people, again, a lot of people are like, what? You like that movie? Again, I can look over all that. If you got crazy beliefs, you probably think my beliefs are crazy. But I can get over all that and enjoy the film for what it was. And I thought it was an awesome film. I loved it. I'm definitely going to watch. I'm gonna watch it again when we're done with this. I thought it was awesome. But anyway, um, Funko Pop of the Year, before we get out of here, what do you got? Yeah, uh, if you keep up with me on Instagram, which you should, at the Zisu, uh, you saw I do the top 10 countdown in the lead up to the end of the year. So on uh, New Year's Eve, uh, December 31st, you see my number one pop. So just real quick, I'll give you my top 10 as I revealed 
on uh, Instagram. At number 10, the Pop Protector's Lion. This was from the uh, Fun Days box, uh, the first ever Fun Days box I've ever able to receive online for this this past year's uh, Comic-Con. So, yeah, the Pop Protector Lion was 10. Uh, ben Kenobi on the EOP was number nine. Uh, number eight was the uh, Steph Curry uh, trading card thing. Uh, uh, number seven was uh, Elliot and ET, the glow in the dark kind of scene thing. There was a lot of deluxes on my list this year. Number six, the Penguin. Uh, Danny DeVito's The Penguin uh, in his duck boat. Uh, five was uh, Boba Fett and Fennec on the throne from Book of Boba Fett. Number four was Thor and the Goat Boat from Love and Thunder. Uh, three was Ironheart's Mark I outfit from Wakanda Forever. Uh, two was the Ronin and B-556 from Star Wars Visions. And my number one, even though I didn't get the exclusive, it's still waiting for it. It got pushed back all the way till this May, which is crazy to me. But from Moon Knight, Con- it shouldn't shouldn't be a number one then if you don't have it. No, no, I have the regular. I don't have the glow in the dark. Oh, oh okay, never mind. Yeah, <laughs> no, <laughs> I have the I have the regular. I've had the regular all year. I love the sculpt. It's still enough to be the number one spot. I just don't have the alternate glow-in-the-dark version, which it's very weird that I, you know, I ordered it when it came out. Moon Knight was pretty early in the year this past year, and it never delivered. And then even just recently, they, like, sent me an email saying, like, oh, yeah, about your pre-order. Don't worry. It's still coming. Uh, A date of May. I was like, geez, what the hell? It's taking so long. But uh, yeah, I, I have the regular. And yeah, it's just an awesome sculpt. And obviously, I love that character. I love that show. So yeah, Conchu was my number one pop of the year. All right. And no, no order except for my number one. I didn't know we were doing top tens, but I'm going to go around the room. At uh stuff that I picked up that were awesome. I start off with my two big ones. Um, well, three big ones. Um, they came in these big box sets during the the holiday season. Uh, the first one I'll start off was the Run DMC and uh, Jam Master J. Rest in peace, JMJ. Um, that's awesome little set. Uh, for those of you down Walmart, they it was fifty bucks when they came out. Now they half price twenty five. So if you see them out there, uh, pick them up. Amazing. Uh, Kiss was the next big box set I got, and uh, the one that I wanted the most, which I was just I couldn't I couldn't wait. I was just scared I wasn't gonna get one. I actually got three of them. Um, I gave I got one for myself. I gave one to the Zisu here, and I think I have another one for Marky. Um, but anyway, that's the the Metallica, the the Master of Puppets tour uh, with the late and great Cliff Burton. Rest in peace. He uh, made his uh, Funko Pop debut. <laughs> Uh, don't open that, man. Leave it in the box. <laughs> yeah. Again, Cliff Burton. I definitely will. I definitely will. I, it's it's worthy of keeping it in the box. <laughs> That's the first Cliff Burton one. I don't know if we're going to get any more, but we got that one. Uh, 
Um, uh, the next one, I'm going to go around the room. Uh, I just picked up um, one of my favorite drummers, uh, Larry from uh, U2. He's an awesome drummer. I didn't even I saw the the packs that they had. Uh, the big ones, but I didn't want the whole band. I just wanted him. So I'm glad that guy went into Hot Topic in Reno and I got it. Uh, the next one was a Hot Topic exclusive, uh, Robert Smith from The Cure. I believe he's got another one I, I want to pick up. I think it's a Hot Topic one. I'm not sure. Rachel, uh, let me know if you guys got other uh, Robert Smith uh, uh, exclusives. I got the one that that you just looks regular. I think it's, I don't know. I think there's another one. But anyway, uh, going around the room again. Um, the next one, this was, uh, it's uh, one of the, uh, it's a knockoff. Uh, ah, my stuff's about to fall. Hold on. Um, I, straight from China. Uh, Eddie from Stranger Things, the uh, Target exclusive, but this is the knockoff one. I was looking at pictures of the real version, and you can clearly see the mold looks good everything in it the detail and all that looks awesome all the way down to his uh his uh, uh hell uh, was a hellfire club t-shirt uh and his warlock guitar it looks cool and but if you look at the real boxes online and everything you notice that the the ink for the the writing and everything on the box is a little bit darker than this one but um I don't care. I just wanted this figure. I got it. If I get a real one, I get a real one. But this is this was an awesome one. Uh, I'm glad that I got it here in my collection. Um, next one. Let me see. I don't know if I got it. I think I did get it this year. Uh, Joan Jett from Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. She finally got her hers. So I was happy uh, that I got that one. Um, was it Eddie Van Halen this year or last year? I think it was last year, but I can't be for sure. Yeah, well, whenever that one was, I, I don't remember. I'm oh, um, the Zisu hooked me up with the Blink One Eighty Two. Uh, when the when they're all naked is the three pack, uh, but they all got their <laughs> instruments and everything. So, I'm happy uh, that I got that one. Thank you so much, brother. Um, yeah. I want to go to that tour, but I'm not paying those prices. I'm glad I saw Blink One Eighty Two uh, when they opened up for Primus, and the tickets were only twenty five dollars because I'm not paying six, seven hundred dollars, thousand dollars to see them. I don't care. If you're a fan and you are, go for it. Cool. Um, the I think it was a Hot Topic exclusive uh, soda, uh, the Eric Draven. Uh, I thought that one was really cool. Um, what else did I get? Uh, I, I don't know when the Snake Plissken was, but I, I got it this year. <laughs> but <laughs> Oh, I believe these came out this year. Uh, the Iron Maiden one, Somewhere in Time. Um, those yeah. were this year, weren't they? Yes. Yes. Yeah. They were. The uh, the cyborg Eddie and big big shout out um, to my girl Rachel, uh, the stranger in a strange land, Eddie, uh, the chase and shout out to my brother here uh, Zisu uh, as well for uh, bringing it to me and I bring and everything. But oh man, I love Iron Maiden. I love somewhere in time and stranger in the strange land. I always love, I had that. I had the poster when I was a kid. I need to get it again and hang it here in the studio, but it's, it's awesome. I didn't, I remember when I saw pictures of the chase, had no idea that I would ever get one. So I'm glad that I have it. Um, this diary of a madman, Ozzy, was that this year? I want to say it was. Yes, that was. Okay. That one. Awesome. Awesome. Sculpt, uh, that's my favorite uh, Ozzy Osbourne album, Diary of a Madman. 
Uh, shout out to Randy Rhodes. Rest in peace. And I'm trying to look around the room. Uh, well, this was an older one. It came out a long time ago, but I just got it uh, this year. Uh, shout out again to my girl, Rachel. Uh, Ace Fraley, the spaceman from Kiss. Uh, that was the last one I needed for my Kiss collection. Not the original first run. I think this is the maybe the second run of uh, Kiss Pops. Because that first run, all vaulted and all crazy amounts of money I am not spending. But um, I know I got some more, but those are the ones that I, I, I can see that, that are standing out the most. Uh, oh, Bismarcky. That was that was this year. Um, I think Leatherface, the Hot Topic one, I got that one this year. Uh, I'm not even going to go to my... Um, uh, Toonie Terrors. I got too many. There's a bag of them over there. But my number one pop of the year, which I did not think I would ever, ever own, much less hold in my hands, in this awesome little case. And I got to give a shout out to my brother here, the, the Zisu. This is from uh, the Fright Night. Funko's Fright Night series, I guess. It was a limited edition to 10,000 pieces. And this is the Freddy Funko. Uh, as a creature from the Black Lagoon, um, was this? It was a random in those boxes you got. Yes, it was random, and I told myself, "I know you're the biggest creature fan." I know. I told myself, if I got that one, uh, it was definitely had your name on it. And uh, yeah, I was lucky enough. Uh, it was one of the three. It was. Uh, I got that one. There was a zombie one, and then a. Uh, like a ghost one. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I remember when you were showing me the pictures, and this was before you got it, and I was like, oh, man. Uh, I didn't think I'd ever get it, much less see it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, everyone knows how big of a creature from the Black Lagoon I fan, uh, fan I am of the Universal Monsters. And this one, oh, man, I can't believe it, man. It's, it's right here in my hands, man. This is awesome in this nice little case which i'm gonna need to like seal it somehow but uh it's amazing it's freddie funko it's, it's basically the creature body with a freddie funko head uh but his face and all that and his whole hair everything is green with the crown and it's awesome to 10 that limited to ten thousand pieces so uh me and 999 other thousand people have these, <laughs> full, but I'm sure there's knockoffs already made uh, that are swimming around. But this one, yeah, this is definitely uh, my number one uh, pop of the year. All the other ones were just randomly um, selected uh, as I'm looking around the room. But this one and my uh, Stranger in the Strange Land, uh, Eddie Chase, uh, I actually bought one for Eric. Uh, we were at the at the mall and there's guys selling pops and Eric was like ooh, so I got it him for I said well be surprised <laughs> so uh, I didn't think I'd ever see that. I've seen them online and everything but actually to see one out uh, at someone that was selling I was like eh that's not that's the price was decent so uh, Eric loves Iron Maiden as well and he loves that album so I said you, he has the other one the the cyborg 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 Eddie so he wanted that one so yeah stranger in a strange land. Uh, Iron Maiden, Eddie Chase, and his duster and his hat. Uh, awesome, awesome uh, pop. Again, shout out to Rachel. Thank you so much. And yeah, well, everyone, I think that is just about it for yep. our end of year 
uh, best of shows. We did three of them for you. Uh, everyone that listened to those first two, thank you so much. And everyone that's listening to this one, uh, awesome. 2022, it was it was a year. We got through it. We actually flew by kind of fast. Saw a lot of good movies, a lot of good TV, picked up a lot of good collectibles. Uh, I think next episode I'll run down some of my um, Toonie tears that I picked up recently. And I think I got some other things. I, It's a mess here in the studio after Christmas. Um, I didn't even run through all the stuff that you got me. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> Uh, well, that'll all be on the regular episode. But um, shout out to everyone uh, that listens to the show. Um, shout out to everyone that's been a part of the show, uh, as well as the Magnus podcast, Taven Bark. Um, damn it. Uh, <laughs> he, he did the show. Uh, um, the Cyrus uh, um, Simone, she came on the show and. Uh, what's his nuts ah, from Delone Skateboards? God dang it, brother. I'm sorry. I forgot your name already. Um, okay. Taven Bark. He was the one he came on. Um, I did so many different shows. Um, what the heck was his name? I'm sorry. Um, Jerome Damon, uh, uh, owner of the Delone Skateboards. He came on the show. If you guys didn't hear that interview, definitely check that out, as well as Taven Bark and uh, uh, Cyrus. She came on as well. I did do another interview. It'll uh, be out uh, really soon uh, for the next episode of the Magnus podcast. So uh, be on the lookout for that. And uh, shout out to Big Jesse, um, a.k.a. Blind Frankenstein. uh, For uh, being a part of the network and being a part of my life, brother. Thank you so much. Uh, we got to do big guys again. Uh, again, three times. We beat our record uh, of two times this year. Uh, but he's my brother. Shout out to him. I love you, brother. Take care down there. And uh, stay safe. Hell, Billy, you and uh, Shell, love you both of you. Take you guys all. Uh, take it easy. Be safe over there where you guys are at. And everyone else, uh, I know I'm forgetting everybody. Uh, my girl, Michelle, up in Seattle, I love you. Thank you so much. For being there for me when we were kids. Thank you so much for being me for there when I needed. When we laid my brother. Fuck. <sighs> laid my brother Darren to rest. Uh, he was an awesome guy. Fucking amazing dude. Opened his house to the Zisu and I. When we went up to uh, Emerald City Comic Con couple years ago or a few years ago it was before lockdown and pandemic and everything uh shout out to brianna i love you my heart my heart's for you that was my, my brother's wife um keep in contact with her as much as as i can um marlene steve i love you mom brother we also lost my uh darren's sister dareth we lost her earlier in the year and that was the last time i saw darren is when we went to her service, but he's been in my life since, since I was a little shy one. We grew up together in Oakland, skated together in Oakland, went to shows, fucking got into many fights uh, side by side, not fighting each other. <laughs> but um, I love you, brother, man. I'm going to miss you. Thank you so much for everything you did for me. And I know you're up there. Um, Skating, ripping. I'll be there, brother, eventually. Not anytime soon, uh, but we'll skate again. 
I love you. Take care of Kyle for me. And I got to give another shout out to uh, my girl, Sandra. Um, she passed away a few months ago. Another another awesome uh, friend of mine grew up with in the Bay Area. Uh, when we were kids. Uh, shout out to Ghetto Geppetto, the brother Roy. He came on the show. I forgot, can't forget that. He did an awesome interview. Definitely check that out. Uh, he'll be back on the show again eventually next time I go down to the Bay. Uh, check out Follow Ghetto Geppetto. Ghetto Geppetto on Instagram. Awesome, awesome artist, uh, video maker, filmmaker, director, everything. Definitely check him out. But yeah, my heart, my heart goes out all to Roy Sr. and uh, Mom Mary and Brother Dave and Roy and uh, all their family. Uh, Sandra, I love you and I'm going to miss you. Thank you for being there for me when we were growing up. Thank you for listening to me when I needed someone to talk to and thank you for hanging out with me all the time every Saturday night pretty much watching Headbangers Ball and videos when I heard when I heard of her passing I was just listening and watching videos of all stuff uh, that we would hey let's watch this and let's watch this one even the movie even the video she hated like oh this is stupid why do you like it uh, that one uh, video Madonna of uh, Cherish uh, it was not that that, that video was new and i'd always make her stop it and watch it um this this is actually when mtv was showing videos so friday nights and saturday nights there was always uh, all these other different video channels and we would just channel surf and go back and watch video after video mainly watching headbangers ball and mtv on saturday night but um i'm gonna miss you sandra man shout out to your sons um you get strong strong guys man i hope you guys all uh just be safe down there in southern california uh, yeah, Sandra, I love you. Uh, again, I'm, I'm going to miss you. <sighs> Wish I could have seen you before. Uh, but we did keep in contact. We talked a lot on the phone and everything. So, but amazing, amazing woman. I'll never forget her. But yeah, my brother Darren. Yeah, I love you, man. And uh, everyone else. But um, I, I got to, I thank him every year. Thank him all the time we do these shows. My brother, uh, Zisu here, does so much. Uh, for the show, does, does so much for me and my family. Uh, he is Grandpa Theo. Uh, to to our, our grandsons, they love him. Uh, even a little video that I made for the yeah. you, Buster at the end said, "Love you." Like that was, that was I thought that was really cute. Um, yeah. And yeah, shout out to my grandsons, Daniel and Buster. They pop in here all the time. Yeah, to to the show. <laughs> Uh, Eric, he popped on the show as well. Uh, Romeo, he came on a couple of times this year, I think. <sighs> trying to think. Oh, uh, shout out to um, uh, my girl Amanda at uh, at work. If you listen to the anchor episodes, she's the one that says, "You um, uh, welcome the East Society or whatever, <laughs> whatever it is, <laughs> whatever it is." She's the voice uh, of that. Uh, yeah, so shout out to Amanda. Thank you so much. Uh, as well as Becca. Gotta give her a shout out. You hear her voice every regular episode. Uh, thank you so much. Um, ah, Jade, we love you. She's a part. Of, she's a, the, the third member of the East Society from the beginning. So I always got to give her some love. Uh, thank you so much. Breeze, Chris, you guys rule. Thank you. Uh, Joel, Sherry, and the kids love all you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, they're also a part of the East Society, and uh, all the new members that popped in uh, every now and then. 
um, that comes on the show when we, when we when we do them whenever we just always just throw a microphone in front of someone's face you know say something yeah. so shout yeah. out to everybody over there shout out to my brothers of the horror returns uh, thank you so much uh, Helming Power thank you so much you guys rule up in Canada Witchfinger Podcast uh, Megan Morgan Yasmin you guys rule Yasmina you guys rule thank you so much for everything you guys do up there um. Padded Room Podcast. Gotta shake out Darian and the gang. You guys rule. Thank you so much. Um, I give them also credit for kicking me uh, into the right way into doing podcasting. Um, who else? Just Brian from The Horror Returns. Brother Brian. He's a part of the East Society as well. Um, he's basically our social media guy. And he pumps us up all over the place all the time. So all you new listeners, I'm I'm in, Brian's getting the credit for that. Thank you so much uh, for listening to the show. Um, fuck who else? Can you think of anyone? Oh, so fucking the guy's been there from since day one. Uh, our brother Steve, our white Steve. Uh, <laughs> he's uh, listened to he's listened to everything. Magnus and then East Society when that started, or when we were called the. Show with no name in the very beginning. Right. Go back and listen. That's been, <laughs> I, cha- I changed it to East Society episode number one. But yeah, go way, way, way back and listen to that one and see how we sounded back then. <laughs> it's still funny when I see that picture pop up when I uh, kind of going through my phone at old pictures that pops up for that show. Um, yeah, Zizu, he came up with the, the title of the show, but. Steve, brother, you rule. Thank you so much for all the stuff that you do, uh, as well as Peg Baby. Thank you so much. Love you and my homegirl from the old school. Um, I, there's so many other people um, to thank that listen to the show. Um, oh, fuck. I mentioned her already. Can't forget her. Again, big, big shout out um, to my girl, Rachel. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. Thank you so much for being a part of uh, my life or our lives. Um, Zisu, you see her way more than I do. Um, yes, you rule. Thank you so much uh, for always reaching out and just letting letting us know that we're doing a good job. Um, uh, hype up our show. Everyone that's listening to this, hype up our show, please. We would love new new listeners in 2023. Thank you so much uh, for that. Uh, everybody, um, anyone else? I, I'm drawing a blank now. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you, everyone. Seriously, um, so much fun. Thank you so much for listening. Love doing this. Yep, we're gonna keep it going. <laughs> yeah, we are, everyone. We are definitely gonna keep it going for who knows. Until we can't do this anymore, but yeah, exactly. we don't see an ending in sight <laughs> for the East Society <laughs> and everything else we got going on here. Um, but yeah, thank you all so much for since we've started this show. We're I don't even know how many episodes in. I think we're coming up on three hundred. I think. Um, Gotta be. It that's just regular episodes. That's not counting all the uh, random days of Christmas, the thirty-one days of horror, everything over on um, Anchor. I think the last regular episode we did was two two seventy-five. I believe. I think that was 
the last one. And uh, Magnez was one thirty-eight was the last one. So we're we're coming. We're, we're we'll hit three hundred this year, uh, everyone. But then again, that's just regular show. That's not counting all the spinoff shows uh, that we had going. So please listen to all those. And if you're only listening to your stuff here on the regular network, thank you. Do go on over to Anchor. And shout out to everybody that listens to all our Anchor stuff. And uh, another extra special shout out to our brother, Joel. He was the one that hooked us up uh, with yeah. Anchor. <laughs> so he's our tech guy. He's uh, he's the one that, uh, that just... He's the grumpy guy of the East Society, <laughs> but right? <laughs> uh, we love him, man. We love him. We love his family, Sherry, uh, Declan, and um, what's her nuts? Um, oh, I'm sorry, a little. <laughs> what's the time's name? I'm drawing a blank now. Lily. Lily. Yeah, Lily. Shout out to her. I was just wrestling around with Declan last time I was down there. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, love all of them, and we love all of you uh, that are that are listening to our show. Thank you so much. Um, oh, pff, uh, Amanda in Denver, Colorado, or whatever part of Colorado you're at. I guess it's Denver. I got to give her some love too. Um, she listens to the show and uh, she critiques some of the stuff. Um, yeah, you know what you do, and uh, you get on my nerves sometimes. But I get on your nerves too, and that's why we're friends. So, uh, thank you so much for listening to the show. I can't, I can't leave you out. But everybody else, man, um, you guys all rule. Um, thank you so much again. Uh, I'm rambling now, but um, yes, come back for more because there's plenty, plenty more that we got to do. Uh, hopefully, I have a new computer this year, and uh, my the shows will come out a little bit quicker because when I use this old computer, it takes a while. <laughs> to put everything together, but it'll be out for you guys. But um, again, yeah, shout out to to everybody. We love you all. Thank you so much for another awesome year. And uh, here's to another. And uh, we always say this, if you need someone to talk to, if you're having issues uh, with life, do reach out to us. We will talk to you. We will help you as much as we can and everything. And if you want to be on the show to talk about movie, TV show, anything, comic books, toys, collecting, whatever, definitely reach out to us we'll have time and we'll put you on the show uh so thank you so much for that um and everyone all the other podcasts out there that i mentioned and all the other bazillion that are out there that are out there doing it uh give everyone a listen so but with that please be safe out there we love you all thank you so much and come back again so until then please be safe out there and party on yep always fun doing these end of year lists uh thanks everyone for listening till next time have fun be safe and we'll see you next time you society